The opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of our sponsors and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to the series finale of The Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, and with me for the last time is my expert panel made up of Christina and Anna. Ladies, how are you on this fine Tuesday evening? Well, it's not just any Tuesday. It's the last episode of The Rabin Report, so I feel um, happy about what we've done and sad that it's coming to an end. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bittersweet day. Anna, how are you feeling on this not so special but special Tuesday? It's a very special Tuesday. Um, I feel actually kind of sad that it's taking place when everything is closed in Toronto. I would have liked to celebrate with you guys after after this finale because it's not any last episode. It's the last episode of the entire show. And that's kind of sad. I I agree. It's kind of... Uh, like you said, it's sad that everything's closed. But But hey, here we are in person. We're celebrating together. And joining the panel this week are some very, very familiar faces. First, we've got our main panelist from season six, Tamar Lyons. Tamar, how are you? Thank you for being here. I'm good. I'm so excited to be back. It feels like it's been forever. Um, and I'm so thankful that you invited me here for the series finale. It's, wow, come a long way. Yeah, I am. I'm very happy that you are here. We're able to have a big show, but that's not all, guys. There's one more person in the room that you have yet to see, and that is the first ever panelist on The Rabin Report, the one, the only, Marshall Derbyshire. Marshall, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for the fanfare, Elliot. I appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be here. It's uh, an experience, The Robin Report, that defined much of my university career. It defined uh, much of my life through those six seasons. And it's, uh, you know, it's sad to see the show ending, but there's a lot to be proud of here. And it's, it's been a fantastic experience for myself and for everybody else. Well, you know, without, without I have a whole segment at the end about you and all of you but um i agree this show has been has been something sort of incredible it's had an effect on on both of us i'm glad that it's had an effect on you um so yes tonight is the series finale of the rabbin report episode 100 100 episodes i don't know it's how incredible. yeah how we got here but we have got a lot in store for you tonight, coming up very soon. But first, let's take a look at our top stories for the last time in our weekly update, starting with, as usual, a coronavirus update for the last time. 
I'm going to say the last time a lot during the show. So get used to it. Uh, coronavirus. Uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine will now be used only as a second dose. So they had stopped the use a couple weeks ago, but now it'll be used again just to get rid of the remaining batches. So we'll see what our panel thinks of that. Ford has also announced a three-step opening reopening plan rather with outdoor amenities opening last Saturday, which means tennis, golf, and other activities outdoors. Uh, so like I said, this is the last time we'll be discussing COVID-19 on the show. What are your thoughts on it? What are your predictions for the rest of 2021? And are we ever going to be out of this tomorrow? Let's start with you. So funny that you decided to start with me since I like totally turn off the news when it comes to COVID just because it, you know, it's never any good news. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling optimistic about it. I think Toronto will be opening up and life will start to go back to normal. At least we'll get a taste of that during the summer like we did last year. Um, I have a lot of family and friends in the States, specifically in New York and in Miami. And so to see what they're like there compared to here, it's like we're in different worlds. Um, so yeah, the opening up and all of that is definitely something I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Marshall, what do you think about what's going on? I know you're not a fan of the Ford government, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm not a fan of how the lockdown has been going. I, I don't think that it's appropriate at all to have things as locked down as they are right now in the current state of things. I think that things need to really be opening up right now. I think the fact that golf was closed is just absolutely ridiculous. And mm -hmm. I think that the uh, the way that our small businesses in this province are being absolutely trampled upon right now is just disgusting, frankly. And, and I think that there's going to be a lot of unrest following this politically. There's, there's going to be uh, political consequences for the government to pay out of this because this is an absolute failure on their end. And it's not something that uh, people need in their lives right now when we're already suffering so much is this overbearing lockdown. All through the U.S., they're opening up. They are doing just fine. I'm not saying open the floodgates entirely. I'm not saying open every single thing up. But I am saying that things really need to start opening up. Absolutely. And we've talked about that before, especially golf courses. I mentioned it. Ontario at one point was the only jurisdiction in the entire world, not just, not just Canada, but in the entire world, meaning Quebec, Manitoba, golf right ahead. But Ontario, no, because that's where COVID happens. Christina and Anna, thoughts on uh, what our two special guests have said? Um, I agree. I'm ready for things to start opening up. I'm really excited um, about, about, sorry. <laughs> I'm really excited about things opening up. Um, I also am feeling optimistic. We've been seeing the numbers are going down. Um, but I mean, that happened last summer and it always happens and numbers go down and the next thing you know, they're, they're up by whatever. So, um, I'm going to try to be hopeful cause I would like to go back to normal. Um, but I am very happy about the golf course, tennis courts, that kind of thing. Um, opening up because God was that ridiculous. Yep. Anna. Uh, I don't. I'm not as optimistic. I actually think that uh, they will just start opening things up, and as cases go up, then they will close it down again. Like honestly, that's what I think it can happen, and I find that it's very, very ridiculous. I read that, for example, in countries like Denmark, everything is open with the exception of nightclubs, 
which you know mm. it's it's what makes sense but mm. you know and, and, and it's not only that like other than the u.s also in latin america many countries are locked down and they're having like a hard time opening up uh, regarding the astrazeneca va vaccine i actually think that that's appropriate i don't think that it's like, correct to be mixing up vaccines like that's kind of sketchy and dangerous in my opinion uh, it's like experimenting with human beings and i don't know i think that they're doing the, the the right thing regarding AstraZeneca and the second dose. Interesting. And when do you think that all of this will be over? Mm, I don't know. Maybe when we are, you know, having grandkids at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Don't say that. Jeez. <laughs> no, like, honestly, I think it, I cannot predict what is going to happen. I wish, but... You know, maybe September, things will start going September. back to normal. Yeah. Well, I have to say, and everybody knows that it wouldn't be the Rabin Report if I don't mention it, but Celine Dion is oh. restarting a new residency in Vegas in November. So I swear to God, if I cannot go to Vegas by November, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> I don't have to be neutral anymore because Rabinport will be done. So, Ford, watch yourself. Anyway, uh, let's move on then to... China's Mars rover. It has deployed and has taken its first drive on the surface of the red planet. Uh, according to CBC, Zhu Rong, named after a mythical Chinese god of fire, drove down to the surface of Mars at 10.40 a.m. Beijing time. China is the only country other than the United States to deploy land vehicles on Mars. Now, unfortunately for the Soviet Union, they had a craft that landed in 1971, but it lost communication seconds later. Pretty accurate for the Soviets. China's I can say that because I'm Soviet. China's <laughs> uncrewed Tianwen-1 spacecraft blasted off from the southern Chinese island of Hainan in July 2020, and after more than six months in transit, Tianwen-1 reached Mars in February, where it has been in orbit ever since. So, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that we should be exploring Mars? Do you think that this is a step in the right direction? We know Elon Musk is a big proponent of you know, a future on Mars with his boring company and and uh, with SpaceX. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't see... I don't see life on Mars happening at any... Like, I, it's it's so unima uh, unimaginable to me. I mean, is it possible? I, I guess. Um, Got to figure it out. I do think we should be exploring space, though. Why not? I propose sending all the reds to the red planet, though. Oh. Especially if there's no any life possible over there. Rats? <laughs> yeah. Like ro the rodent rats? No, the reds. The communists. Oh, the communists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> um, my, my opinions on space exploration and space travel are frankly extremely unpopular I'm kind of a weird Luddite when it comes to space and think it's kind of much ado about nothing I don't have any I, I don't feel any excitement about space space travel a Mars rover from China though landing and being successful and working out is indicative of the this, the pace at which China's technology and everything is accelerating, and that's something to be wary of because China is a country with a, a rogue government, and it's not uh, it's not a good sign how much they're able to build and do things that a country like Canada, frankly, has no hope of doing at this time. And you know that's uh, something I would like to see change. But at this point, will Canada have a uh, Anything on Mars in the next hundred years? I don't know. It doesn't look likely. Hmm. Tamar, anyone? Yeah, no, I think it's actually really cool. Um, 
doesn't really apply to my life. Like I don't care whether or not or, or you know, exploring Mars or, or, you know, planets in the universe and all that. But I definitely think it's really cool from a scientific perspective. Always, you know, there's always things to learn and, and new discoveries. And I think in that sense, it's really cool. I think that it's actually very interesting, like the fact that human beings are able to explore other planets, it tells you a lot about humanity and, you know, the civilization that we have built. And that's amazing from my point of view. And if people can explore Mars, go for it. I'm not very interested in space in general. And, you know, it would be nice to see how it goes, but... Yeah, very interesting. And I'm, I'm not against space travel or exploration, but what I think is going to happen is however long it takes for us to finish exploring Mars, for Mars to be totally looked over and we've seen everything there is to see, I don't see us having much to show for it, honestly. And I think if people want to explore Mars, absolutely, by all means. I just don't see it as something that's going to yield results, frankly. Yeah, I, I really don't see the whole life on Mars thing ever yeah. actually happening. I think it's one of those things like... Um, sure, explore it. Let's see. But I agree. I don't. I don't know how, what the likelihood is that we're actually going to end up there. When you say the likelihood, do you mean in our lifetime or ever? Uh, ever, unless I. I mean, well, okay. Technology is always changing, so who knows what could happen after our lifetime? Um, I'm sure there's there's poss there's possibilities. I just don't. I, I mean, for sure, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. Um, it's not going to happen in Elon Musk's time. He may think so, but it's not going to happen. Um, what did you think of him? Side note on SNL. Did you watch? It was so painful. You didn't like it. I don't have enough bad things to say about it. I, I generally <laughs> refuse to watch SNL, but I decided to eventually watch this one a week late. Oh my God, it was so bad. It was really? so cringy. Oh, the Gen Z hospital oh thing. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it was serious. I thought it was like, is this supposed to be ironic? Is this supposed to not be funny? And the, exactly. the Mario characters in the court, I couldn't even follow <gasps> and it. And like, brought Grimes out and she was just <laughs> terrible. And where's the humor? And, and I like Elon's mom. I, I like to see her come out. I've, I've always been quite fond of her. But the rest of it, and his opening monologue was okay. Mm. It was okay. But the rest of it was just, couldn't get through it. It was tough. Painful. It, was tough. it, it just goes to, it, it was one of those episodes where it just shows you that SNL has completely lost touch with, like, they used, I used to love SNL. I used to look forward to every Saturday night or Sunday. I was young. So Sunday morning, we'd watch it. And honestly, like, it's not funny anymore. It's cringy. It's one of those things that I can't even classify as comedy anymore. Unless they have a really, really key guest on who kind of like, you know. Bill Burr. I liked. Bill that was okay. hilarious. Love Bill Burr. <laughs> that was the funniest yeah. SNL thing in so long. In a I long was dying. time, for sure. <laughs> the, the skit with Sprint. That was yeah. the one oh, yeah, yeah. that killed me. But I'm surprised that you guys didn't like uh, Elon Musk on uh, on it. I thought he was pretty good. I mean, there's for a, a first-time actor. There's a reason he's not an actor or a comedian. And SNL the accent us. he was doing in the Gen Z hospital thing. What was he even going for there? I don't know. It was all. It was. A, it was a disaster. That was the most Canadian thing. How you called them the Gen Z hospital? By well, the way, I, I said Gen Z the first time, and I I didn't catch myself, and I didn't realize until a second after I said it. And I, on principle, try and always say said. That's good. Just well, to prevent the American colonization of our language. Mm, you know? mm, in that sense, you're anti-colonization, right? Well, in many senses, oh, okay, yes. But that's good. one of them, yes. Fair enough. Um, 
you know, if you if you want to be an actor, though, you got to make sure to say Gen Z because that's how they'll distinguish you as a Canadian. But I know. do you want to be an actor? No. Well, then you're good. <laughs> okay. Then finally, let's move on to our final item in our weekly update, which is Spain versus Morocco. Now, Anna, this was a topic that you proposed because uh, you find it very interesting. So I'm going to give a brief summary of what's going on, and then I'll let you explain to our viewers uh, in more detail. So more than 8,000 migrants made it into the city of Ceuta. Thank you. An enclave in North Africa that is separated from the rest of Spain by the Mediterranean. But for most of them, it was a short-lived success. The surge of migrants crossing from Morocco into Spain came amid the chaos of a diplomatic spat between the two countries. What is going on? Anna, why don't you tell us? Okay, so basically Morocco is having right now an issue with the occupation in West Sahara. So Spain is not acknowledging this. And also Spain and Morocco in general, let's say that they have like they have been problematic neighbors since centuries, pretty much. And uh, one of the interesting facts is that Morocco is pretty much the one blocking or you know regulating immigrants from Africa including uh, sub-Saharan immigrants crossing into Europe. Because as you mentioned, there is a city that is basically in Africa, that is Ceuta, and they are like right next to Morocco. And what separates them is pretty much, it's, it's not a wall even, like it's something else, but it's very, very militarized in general. And let's say that the Moroccan Sultan, they say like, you know what? You're not going to recognize my occupation. Okay, let's use these immigrants against you. And decided to open this up and let all these people cross and, you know, unprotect this this thing. And now the European Union is freaking out and Spain is freaking out and Spain has a really shitty government as well. So nothing collaborates yeah. there. But what, what started this uh, this spat? Like, why? Diplomatic tensions between both nations. Like, there is a lot of other was things. There, was there a boiling point, though? There's an area in uh, North Africa called the Western Sahara, and Spain occupied that for a long time, and now it's kind of a point of contention between the two countries mm. because it's right beside Morocco, but it used to be called Spanish Sahara, and it was always an issue, and there's just never been a good relationship between these two countries, and now... Like Anna said, with the migrants coming in, there's a, a problem there because um, there's a lot of them. And, and Morocco saw this as an opportunity to kind of be um, a bully. Vindictive, <laughs> yeah, vindictive towards Spain and just open the floodgates of uh, you know, undocumented immigrants coming in. Wow. So what is the, what is the solution to this? I, I don't know exactly what is the solution because again you're using human beings so it's, and it's tragic you know they're drowning in the in the Mediterranean exactly. there and their, their boats are capsizing many of them are on very makeshift you know uh, end of Titanic type watercrafts and it's uh, not not a good situation for Spain it's not a good situation for Morocco and it's especially not a good situation for the migrants cr- trying to come over. Wow. So it's just an all-around upsetting situation. But what is the solution? Like, is there any sort of solution that you see happening? Honestly, the solution will be, I don't know, maybe start imposing sanctions on Morocco. I was just going to say. Yeah. Like, like, that's the only solution that comes to my mind. And it needs to be from the European bloc, not mm. only Spain. Like, the European bloc coming together and, you know, this cannot be happening because you're using human lives mm. as weapons. Interesting. Do you think that that's similar to what's going on at the U.S.-Mexican border? They're 
using human lives. Just imagine that the U.S. starts, you know, just letting <laughs> these immigrants come to Canada because they don't like Canadians anymore, and there are yeah. thousands and thousands. Because these aren't Moroccan migrants, to be clear. These are Moro uh, migrants who came through Africa exactly. to Morocco, and now Morocco is letting them go into Spain. And that's, um, that's why it's such a... It, despicable situation for Morocco because it's not like their own people. They're using other people as pawns. Wow. So it's a very uh, upsetting situation. Uh, Christina, Tamar, anything to add? I mean, they've... I mean, you guys covered it off, but yeah, it's ups it's upsetting. Uh, but putting that in perspective, like what if America just got mad at Canada one day and was like, okay, here's all these immigrants. Um, not a good situation. Yeah. Uh, nobody's prepared for that. So, I mean, um, it's upsetting, but you guys covered it, so. Okay. Well, in that case, let's move on to our main topic, which is... The Rabin Report's 100th episode special. Tonight is the series finale of The Rabin Report. Yes, tonight we celebrate our 100th episode by taking a walk down memory lane with current and former main panelists of the show. We have got so much in store for you, including a contest for you, the viewers, as well as a trivia game for our panelists and never-before-seen bloopers from some of our promo videos. Bloopers that nobody here except myself has seen, so all the panelists' reactions will be very genuine. Throughout the show, you'll also hear from the team about why they chose to be a part of the Rabin Report, how they feel the show has changed over the years, and how the show has changed them. We'll also take, talk about some of our favorite episodes over the past 10 seasons, and we'll find out what's next for everyone on our team. Plus, we've got a contest just for you. There it is. Want to win a $100 Amazon gift card? All you have to do to be entered is comment on our live feed. And that's it. You'll automatically be entered in a giveaway courtesy of The Rabin Report, and the winner will be announced tomorrow. At the end of the show, I also have a big surprise for the panel, as well as my final Rabin rant that you do not want to miss. As always, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. So, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Rabin Report's 100th episode special. Okay, Marshall, I'm going to start with you. Why did you join the show? Well, if I'm being honest, uh, because I liked the sound of my own voice a bit too much and thought I knew everything. Um, when I saw your post on Facebook, I, it was in one of the Ryerson groups, if I'm not mistaken. I thought, wow, this is a good opportunity to show everybody how smart I am. And um, when I listen to the episodes on Spotify, the old episodes... And I hear myself from like season one, two, three, I'm like, I'm cringing and I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? I'm hearing stuff uh, I would say about certain political issues, certain things I thought about various uh, world leaders and, and my political philosophy and thought, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now, like, is that me? Is, am I listening to myself right now? But um, as the show went on, I matured, I developed a bit of humility, I uh, learned a lot more, read a lot more and 
realized that I didn't know everything. And frankly, I really didn't know a whole lot about anything. Um, and I learned a lot through the show and I developed a lot of confidence through the show and I developed a lot of um, conversational and, and debate ability through the show. And that was all a massive benefit to me. So when you, what was going through your mind when you were sending that message? Because you were the first person mm. that actually responded to me. Yeah. So you said something along the lines of, I'm looking for a conservative uh, liberal and a, and a NDP, Demo- supporter, a, yeah. NDP supporter. And I re- messaged you something like, well, I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a libertarian anymore, to be clear. But, oh, no. Um, Are we just going to avoid the fact that you used to be an anarcho-communist? <laughs> yes. And this was in high school. This is, I proudly called myself an anarcho-communist in high school. I had a mohawk, uh, you know, all that. And um, so, yeah, it was... I was thinking like, you know, this is probably not going to happen. How is he going to find all these people to get along with such from such different political stripes? And it ended up working out. And I really sent that message on a whim, not thinking much was going to come of it. Um, thinking maybe I'll do the one episode and see how it goes. And then I was found myself really enjoying it, really having a great time and really uh, gaining a lot from the experience. Well, it was, you know, to your point about listening back to old episodes and cringing, you and me both, (laughs) you and me both, because I was just starting out, it was my first time on camera, and I'm I'm going, hi, um, and um, this is... um, Your confidence very noticeably stepped up through the... Through the seasons. Oh, well, thank you. Can you can hear it, even without the video, with just the audio. You can hear your confidence. I, I agree in terms of, I mean, thank you for the compliment, and I will say I feel it in terms of, of the change over the years because I felt more comfortable. And, you know, as much as back then I only had to manage the video, now I'm doing the video and audio, so people can't see that, but I'm controlling the video, the audio, the graphics, and hosting. And... Once I get in the groove of it, it's it's much easier, even in a new environment. And, you know, what impact has it had on you, the show, um, after the Rabin Report? Like, what did you take away from it in your personal life, well, in your career? I can speak on the fly so much better now, and I can have political conversations that are that are a, a more of like a debate without it turning into an argument. And that's something I had a hard time with before I came on the Rabin Report. And now, when people start to get mad in a political discussion, they start to get angry or emotional. I was like, give me a break. Like, come on. I was doing this weekly. Nobody ever got upset. Never once. To no, my we, were all, we were all pretty... And we would calm. have very intense discussions. We would have discussions about very sensitive and intense topics. And mm-hmm. we would get intense, but never angry, never upset at each other, never brought our feelings outside of the show. Right. And that's something that everybody should be able to do. Um, if you can't have a political discussion with a friend or an acquaintance without, you know, absolutely slinging mud at them and getting angry with them and taking your feelings about the debate outside of the debate, you need to work on that before you're actually debating politics with people. Because it's something that, you know, people get uh, intense about, but it shouldn't uh, go into malice. It shouldn't go into anger and hurt feelings. Do you think that people would avoid it more if they had conversations like ours? I think so. Absolutely, yeah. Do you think that without the show, you would have, uh, you wouldn't have been able to have these conversations without malice or, or ill intent? Well, I would hope that I would have matured anyway, but this definitely sped along that process. Um, this was 
you know, even if I could go myself without um, getting upset myself, I had a hard time not upsetting others. And there was probably a part of me that was doing that slightly on purpose, um, just to kind of get a rise out of people, just to be able to say, okay, you got emotional, so I won the debate here. <laughs> Do you consider um, yourself a shit disturber? No, not anymore. But at one time, yes, um, a long time ago, <laughs> never today. But um no, I, I think that that helped me take into account other people's feelings when and, and allow me to have a lot more of a respectful dialogue, even if I am on the weaker side of the argument, mm. especially then, because sometimes I am. And that's when it gets the hardest not to get emotional or angry. And the only reason you left the show is because of your job, right? Yeah. And thankfully, you were able to come back in season seven and here you are on the finale. So mm -hmm. uh, thank you for coming back. Thank you for being a part of the show for three years. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful experience. It really was such a core part of my university experience. And, you know, it was... It wasn't always Tuesdays, and it was always, it certainly wasn't, it was usually mornings, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Tuesday at 11, then Wednesday at 11, then mm -hmm. Thursday at 11, and then uh, with season six, when we come to tomorrow, it became Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah, and you know, just having that as a core part of my week, every week, almost every week at least, it was something that really came to define me, as well as my university experience. People would see me at Ryerson um, parties and at events and be like, oh yeah, I've seen you on that show. And you know, that's me. <laughs> Sometimes that led to people wanting to um, get into politics with me, which is the last thing I'm looking to do, uh, you know, 9 p.m. on a Friday, Saturday night. But uh, most of the time it was just like kind of an aside, but it was always very cool to be mm -hmm. recognized from something, you know, that I'm just doing out of uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. And, and thank you. And in regards to season six, we now go to our panelist from season six, and that's Tamar. Uh, Tamar, you joined the show last minute, um, and why'd you do that? Um, the truth is because you forced me to. Well, this is slander. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, Elliot and I, I, I'm trying to think if we were friends back then. We, we, kind, of, we kind of knew each other. And we, we, we started to become closer, especially in second year. Like, um, you know, I, I found you very, um, very intelligent, and very interesting. And, and then, you know, when we started to have conversations, I was like, okay, wow, she's really cool. And now I have a friend. And then... Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, when you reached out to me to fill in last minute, I... You know, I had a lot of time, so I'm like, sure. I had I'd watched your show uh, from time to time. I again, like, um, I loved to shit disturb and kind of, you know, listen in on the conversations, give my opinion, even if you know wasn't necessarily the popular opinion or, or whatnot. But um, so when you asked me to join, I was you know excited. It was an opportunity. Never say no to an opportunity, and so um, it was great. It was amazing to kind of be the. First of all, I think I was the only woman on the panel, right? As a main panelist, right? yes. Oh, okay, yeah. that's why I joined but, the show. Now ah. I remember. I remember you needed me to be your token female. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember now. It works. It's important at Ryerson. I so. know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so, it's crazy. I didn't even think about it now because we have, you know, yeah. um, a more Look diverse panel. Look at this diversity. <laughs> a more diverse panel now. But um, yeah, back then. So it was definitely an interesting experience, uh, getting to hear different people's opinions and um, getting to express my opinions. So 
definitely great conversations and great topics that, you know, I never even, I got to research that I never was into. You know, I was always in, like I, I did my undergrad, same as you, in media production. Yep. And I wasn't so involved in all these, you know, world politics and different things going on. But to be able to learn more about them was amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, we literally did the photo shoot the day before we premiered. Do you remember that? That's crazy. I don't even remember because I feel like everything in, in media is always kind of, It's you a know. blur. Yeah, right? Like, like I, I, to, to your point, I can't believe we're at episode 100. Like, we've been doing yeah. this for five years, and here we are, episode 100. So, uh, why, what did you take away from the show? I just think, I know, to kind of echo what Marshall said, is the ability to have conversations with people that maybe you don't agree with without getting emotional. Um, and I think it was so funny. I know I was watching um, on Facebook one of the episodes, but I'll, I'll, I'll save that special moment for later on in the show. But oh. um, there, was, there was a really intense conversation going on, and I like, felt myself like getting angry. Like if I was, you know, it was, it was a political debate. It was the topic of abortion, and I was getting... Abortion. S- oh, this was probably in Feminism episode, right? Maybe. Or Sex and Society, one sure. of those two. Okay, I the, remember that episode. Yeah, there was a topic that, that came up. Anyway, um, I just remember like getting so angry watching from home, and I stopped myself, and I was like, why oh. am I getting mad? Were you on the show? No, no. I wasn't. I was watching. Oh, it was, it was men versus women. It was women. that episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't here. If I was here, that would have been very funny. I don't know what would have happened, but uh, <laughs> um, just going back there, it's so... The fact that I felt myself getting angry, like such a typical, you know, lefty millennial that can't, you know, hold their feelings, like they have to resort to, um, you know, name calling and getting angry and emotional. And I was like, yeah, this is really odd. Like I can take a step back. And I think that being on a panel with people from so many different diverse political opinions, I've learned not to, you know, not to get emotional, like Marshall said, like on these kinds of topics, like you're just talking politics. You don't have to get emotional. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for being a part of season six. It was uh, truly one of the most memorable seasons, in my opinion. Now we move on to Christina, my next victim. Um, <laughs> you, you came on for the first time as a guest in season two. Yes. So that's when you met Marshall, you met myself, you're friends with Adam. And then you came on for a summer special. Then you came on for another election special. Then you came on for the Rabin Report's 50th episode special. And finally, you came, oh no, then you came on for the uh, feminism episode. And then you came on for the latest federal election. Okay. And after That's that, so five specials across yeah. the season. So you've met pretty much everyone yeah. in the panel. I've, there's, I think there's only one panelist I haven't met. Who? Um, he was towards the oh, end. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. You didn't meet Jordan, but uh, he didn't last very long. Uh, yeah. But he, you managed to to meet everyone and be a part of the show for, for so long. So when I approached you and I said, would you be interested in becoming a main panelist? Uh, what was going through your mind? I can't remember exactly what I said, but I'm pretty sure it was excitement. I think I was mm-hmm. really excited. Um, I loved coming on as a guest. Um, and... You know, I was a fan of the show, and and Adam and I were uh, we've known each other for for ages. Uh, we went to school to uh, high school together, lived on the same street. Um, so we we've had a we had a long friendship, and um, he really you know brought me into into this space. And 
um, I just kind of, I, I just really enjoyed the, the conversations. Um, so when you, I mean, obviously it was, it was a bit of a challenge coming up to, to Vaughn after work, but, but you made it work and are you happy you made it work? Yes. I, I definitely had my moments where I was like, this is, you know, especially, um, I've, I've changed jobs now. I've got a new job, but, um, especially when I was, you know, averaging like 50 hours a week and I was, I was tired and, um, my work hours were long. So it was definitely, I had my moments where I was like, this is, I don't know what I, I don't know why I think I can balance this kind of thing, but I did. And I'm glad I did because, um, I love it. So, well, I am very glad you loved it. So what did you take away from the show? You know, considering this is the last episode over the last uh, year, you've been a main panelist and over the last four years, you were a guest so many times. I definitely like in the same boat as Marshall have learned a lot about myself politically. Um, I came out, I'm coming out of the Robin report, not a, uh, left wing extremist. So <laughs> that's what you started. As. I started as I was essentially a socialist, um, couldn't get more left than me. And, um, I am absolutely not in that place anymore. So I'm, I'm leaving the show with, I think more stable, reasonable, um, political views. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still the token lefty. I, I still get, still drag, get dragged by the conservatives, but you know, I definitely have learned a lot. And, um, yeah, I feel I, I'm coming out of it feeling smarter the way that I, I can have conversations with people. Um, I don't get angry anymore. And I luckily came to that, um, that realization on my own. I was able to, you know, before coming on the show, I had, I was starting to make like, you know, some changes in terms of politics. I was getting more into, you know, Jordan Peterson and that sort of thing. Mm. So I started to make the change. And then when, and then by the time you asked me to join the panel, I was like, you know, I think I'm in a stable place where I can come on and have a conversation and not get emotional or overly upset. And if I do, I'll just go cry in the car about it. I'm not going <laughs> to do it while we're having our debate. So, so the question we're all wondering, did you ever cry in your car? No, after? luckily I did not. No. Okay, good. Uh, so one thing you mentioned that you used to be like a raging leftist and you became less left. Why? Um, because I don't think that it's healthy to be uh, to be an extreme on either side. Um, I think that being very being extremely right is dangerous, and I think being extremely left is just as dangerous, which may be controversial. But um, I was not. I didn't want to be part of this group anymore that was that preached tolerance, but yet was so intolerant of mm. opposing views. Um, I, I just I couldn't I couldn't put myself into that into that that um that group anymore i didn't want to i didn't want to be that that person who couldn't hear somebody else's opinion i didn't want to be that woman who hated all men um who thought that you know all men had these terrible traits and they were all predators and we and this all. is this is really like where my thinking was going that i that i you know i was i was you know yes all men are the problem um 
you know, you can, the only people who know what they're talking about are the people on the left. Um, we can add as many letters as we want to LGBTQ plus, um, <laughs> because why not? And we control your, we can control your language and tell you what to think and tell you what to say. And I, I was just, I was done with that. And I realized how healthy it was to actually listen and talk to people who, even if you disagree with them, um, you know, that that's the only way that you learn. And I wasn't learning anything being, being, such a leftist mm. i was not i wasn't i wasn't developing i wasn't learning anything i was stuck in this bubble of i'm a victim and everyone around me is a victim and um so i'm glad i got out of that and i think this show obviously um even just over the past uh you know the past se uh, past two seasons that we've done um have definitely evolved even more and what are you going to take away after the show is done? What are you taking from the show with you into your personal life, into your career? That, well, like I was saying, that, 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 that having conversations with people and healthy debate is a good thing, that you're allowed to disagree with people um, in, in all aspects of your life, even if it's not political. You're allowed to have disagreements with people and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Um, people, people argue, people disagree. Um, you, and, and I've learned to listen, to listen more. I, I definitely had a problem of hearing something I didn't like and, and blocking it out. And I think, um, you know, that's dangerous. And I, I've learned so much by allowing myself to open up and, and listen to people, you know, mm -hmm. I, it, it, it's, it's also very refreshing to be able to have a conversation with, with somebody who I maybe disagree with completely. And I don't get, I don't get mad at what they're saying, which I've never experienced before and and now I can I can disagree with someone and it doesn't infuriate me like it did before. So I definitely think in terms of um just conversation and and my relationships and and how I approach things you know I'm, I'm going to be So it's really changed you as a person. Of for sure. And I mean I, I and like I said I was making these changes on my own before the show and the show just really kind of allowed me to to launch myself into into who I think I, I should be. Well, uh, it's it's been quite a ride with you as well, between having you as a guest, then becoming a main panelist. Um, when I tell you the amount of episodes you've been on later, you're going to be surprised, I think. Finally, I move on to dear sweet Anna, who takes the TTC and then an Uber. And you... <gasps> We're first a guest. I actually met you through Marshall, technically, because Marshall knows Priyank, and Priyank connected me to you for the episode on Venezuela. And that's when you came on the first time. It was the first pre-recorded episode we've ever done. And Tamar was there, and Marshall was there, and I was there. Christina wasn't. And, was there. Huh? My husband was there. Your husband. Yes, I debated your husband. I remember that. I hope he's good. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. I remember you got pissed at me for saying he was your husband on air. I but did. That's fine. I totally did. That was exactly what I was just I thinking. I know, too. I know. I was thinking that on my way here, but it was also just because I'm a huge shit disturber. I wasn't actually pissed at you. I just thought it would be funny. But anyways, oh, I apologize. I know. I know. You love, you love to antagonize me during the show. You were the first person to actually do that. Thankfully, Marshall didn't stoop that low. But... Anna, you came on for that episode, and then you came on for our feminism episode, because you have such a different position from, from a lot of women. And after that, it was pretty quiet, season, that was season five, or season six, and season seven, season eight happened, and then 
Jerome was on the show, and Jerome had to uh, had to stop being on the show due to uh, his work commitments. Um, Ford, I'm looking at you. And we had asked you to come on as a guest, and you did. And then in the car ride, I said, hey, Anna, do you think you'd want to do this full time? And you said, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, oh, uh, like, have you seen all the TTC, man? Like, the ride, the Uber, oh my God, no. <laughs> I had to, like, literally, like, I need to meditate this. I need to think through this. So when you, I mean, you obviously didn't give me an answer right away in the car, but when you went home and you thought about it, why'd you say yes? Uh, because I, I have so many opinions. I have so many things to say. And I love debating. And I love, you know, discussing certain topics with people. And, you know, my environment is a re- was already a corporate environment. I don't get to discuss these kind of things with my coworkers. And many of my other friends are not really into that, into any of this. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be interesting. This is this is going to be nice. And also, it was going to be challenging. Like, it was a challenging situation because even right now, I still feel intimidated because, you know, discussing another language that is not Spanish for me has been really difficult. And honestly, it blows me away how eloquently you speak in English. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this in yeah. French. Oh, I mean, I couldn't do it in Spanish, but that's because I've t- my Spanish is I, absolutely garbage, I'm probably not but. even doing it justice in English. So <laughs> you coming here and speaking in not your mother tongue on a show weekly for an hour is is truly incredible and i think um first of all i'm so grateful that you said yes because that 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 was something that worried you especially you know looking back you're like oh i don't know about my accent and all that but honestly you've had nothing to worry about but obviously when you were making that decision that came into your mind right oh yes absolutely not as much as you know the fact that i needed to come to vong (laughs) that was the first thing in my mind but uh, yes the accent and and i was very nervous when i when i attended for the topic of venezuela i was like oh my god they're all gringos what am i gonna do there what am i doing here and then i met daniel and he was like oh yeah i'm from guatemala i'm like he's another latino okay this is fine and yes but it was very intimidating and i mean you you obviously we got a lot of traction because of that episode on venezuela and i think that uh you know we didn't think much of it at the time we thought okay anna's venezuelan she's gonna come and and talk on the show and ruben's husband was ruben tamar's husband was going to defend socialism and you told him no i lived through it yeah, exactly. And and that's what I say to any person who says that socialism is a good idea. That's the first thing that I try to explain when I think that they're very like, no, dogmatic, like, no, this is what I support. Okay, I have an apartment completely empty in Valencia, Venezuela. I will give to the keys of my apartment a one-way ticket to Venezuela and leave the experience. Then you tell me <laughs> if you like it. Wow. And I, I think that that all I mean, I, I got away from the whole socialist ideology a while ago, but then just the, the confirmation that I got from listening to Anna's experience, um, all we all all the rest of us do is talk about it and theorize how shitty it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely do we get to talk to somebody who literally lived it and, and had a terrible experience. So, I mean, it was it's having you on the show like totally validated that. Um, you know, that 
it may sound nice in in, in, in theory. theory, but it, it it doesn't it doesn't work in real life, and it, and it really you know hurts people. And you know that it's a very oh. like interesting uh, experience for me. Like unfortunately, when you go through this kind of shitty situations in your own country, it is not good. It is something that I don't wish to anybody. But for example, two weeks ago, I had another podcast with a friend from Peru. Yeah, you're getting very popular in the podcast Thank sphere. You. <laughs> and and in Peru, they're having an election. And one of the candidates is a hardcore socialist, a Marxist. And now they're like, you know, telling us, uh, te telling me your, about your experience, Anna, what is you're going through. And it's nice that at least people, you know, they get to listen and maybe get another perspective from a person who actually live in that place so they don't take this they don't have go through the same yeah. thing you know and we wanted to do an episode uh on socialism and it just didn't work out the guests uh you know kept canceling and you couldn't find ruben to be on it again no he was it was shavuot so we couldn't uh. so we couldn't well i asked you right Maybe. i mean also just to defend my husband he's not actually a socialist oh, like yeah. i just want to say like he you know is a poli sci major and so um, he can see the sides to a, yeah the discussion. I, so not to you know invalidate obviously your experiences um i think yeah when he came on it was very you know it was is more about debate than actually you know strongly believing in in social and that's a good exercise i think to be able to defend something that you don't necessarily believe in argue something you don't believe in and or just uh, people um talk a lot about how uh, annoying it is when people play devil's advocate mm -hmm. in class when and it is it is oh <laughs> in, my god in university lecture just to play, just to play devil's, devil's advocate. advocate no <laughs> shut up um <laughs> <laughs> but there is something to it, to be fair. There is something to it, to exploring a side that you don't agree with or that you don't even think is feasible. And, you know, I, I find myself doing that a lot, especially once I have a couple of beers in me if I'm <laughs> out with more conservative friends. And I'm like, what if we nationalized the auto industry? <laughs> what if? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good it's a good exercise for the mind. Tune in next week where we talk about nationalizing the auto industry. <laughs> um, so so lastly to Anna, you obviously are very sad about this show ending. Um, probably uh, almost as sad as I am. And what are you going to take away from it after the show's done? You've you've obviously become so popular in the podcast sphere already. Don't tell us about your future plans. But what are you going to take from this show? Uh, from the show, I take confidence. Confidence in debating in a language that is not my mother tongue. Confidence in discussing theories and, and, and ideas that, you know, it, it used to, I used to find intimidating in the past. And, you know, also, like, now on my family, they feel more motivated to learn English because of the podcast, believe it or not, because now people from Venezuela are also watching. Wow. So, yeah, it's I, actually one of my best friends. She texted me, like, I cannot believe it's the last episode. We need more podcasts like this one. And I'm like, mm. I mean, you obviously have the knowledge and you have the potential. So whatever you decide to do in the future, um, we will always support you. So uh, that is the end of getting to know our panelist. Uh, let's see what's next over here. Let me just do that. What's over here? Oh, I see what's next. Okay. Okay. Now I know what's next. Okay. Uh, as you can tell, it's been a busy day. Haven't had much time to rehearse, but we're going to talk about some summer bloopers. So Marshall, you, Adam, Daniel, and I had the pleasure of shooting our very first promo video for our summer special on the Ontario provincial elections. I remember it well. You do. Oh, well, you are about to remember a lot. Or maybe it'll jog your memory. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here 
right now you are going to see never before seen bloopers from our promo shoot. Get ready, y'all. Oh my god, not that. I okay. Not that. There we go. Well, that, uh, Christina. Oh my God. That was way too good. That when was... you, when, when it panned out to you with the, the nose, oh my God. It reminded me of the scene from Borat or <laughs> Borat 2 where he walks into the synagogue. <laughs> I'm crying. That Pinocchio nose. Oh my God. Oh. <sighs> Tomorrow, you that's what caught you off guard. Oh my god, yeah, I was totally not expecting that. Totally not. Wow, yeah, well, you, I guess you didn't see the promo. Uh, I guess I didn't. I guess I wasn't watching the show back then. Sorry, that's okay. I'll cry later in the car. Marshall, you were there during that shoot. Uh, are the memories coming back? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a verge of tears here from uh, how hard I'm laughing. I um. I remember that well, and we spent so long in that room in the SLC, and it was so hot in there with all the lighting setups, and I'm absolutely dying. I was hungry, and that script was just such a, <laughs> it was hilarious, but it was so hard to do, because it was like really making a fool out of myself, yeah. all of us, and that, the thing with the Groucho, March, the Groucho Marx mask and the, the Mag and David on you, <laughs> That I remember as being the funniest thing about the whole thing, and uh, uh, Adam reluctantly talking about his mother kicking his tuchus. And <laughs> was that season one? No, that was been. that was season uh, that was going into after season four. I no, oh, wow. that was after season two. It was well, it was certainly summer twenty eighteen. Summer twenty eighteen, which would have probably put it season four. 
if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. yeah. Season season four, that was a special, because that mm. was our first promo video. Um, you know, we did the photo shoot with Kara. Thank you, Kara, for our first photos. And that was... We, we got kicked out. We didn't even finish. Yeah. You know? But I but I still made it work through uh, Movie Magic. Yes, yes. And it, and it worked well. And, you know, the funniest part, uh, looking back, is the fact that we got uh, Daniel, or, or Hugo, as I know him by, as, like, um, Mexican, which is, like, his family's Central American, so it's kind of close. <laughs> I and love then... <laughs> the stereotype. The amount of times I, I had to play the Mexican. Yeah. And then Adam was a Jewish guy, which is accurate. And then there was nothing really for me. I'm just more or less just, just an old the... stock Canadian, so I was, like, a southern U.S. guy, and I... <laughs> There was a scene in that where I'm asking if like, in, in the actual one, am I supposed to be Texan or or Louisianan? Or, what's your motivation? What's my motivation was my question. And, <laughs> and so funny the amount of rewrites that we did during that shoot. Oh, yeah, on the fly. And I think we really did a good job rewriting yeah. on the fly. A lot of the time you do stuff on the fly, it doesn't turn out well. And I think that turned out really well. Well, one of the rewrites you just saw on screen was when we were rewriting that joke about Andrea Horvath, and they said, you know, Andrea Horvath isn't that horrible, and that was them laughing at my dad jokes, uh, which happens on this show as well. On In this season, I'm well known for that, among many things, man of many talents. But uh, does it does it bring back some nostalgia? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I remember that day so well, and um, looking back at it, I do actually go back and watch the finished product, that, that actual promo here and there, whenever it comes up in my Facebook memories. It's been three years now. We're coming up on the third anniversary of that promo, of that episode of The Rabin Report, and I always get a kick out of it, and I'm always getting people somehow finding it and sending it to me. And I think I'm Anna, one of those. I think Anna sent <laughs> it to me. Because it's my back. favorite. <laughs> and it happens more often than you'd think. People just going, "Hey, uh, I found this video of you," <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, as as someone who hasn't experienced it, Christina and Anna, we've got. Uh, We've got some bloopers coming up of oh, us. Damn no, it. please. I, already, <laughs> I already know how brutal it's going to be because I remember filming that and how long it took. And I couldn't, I couldn't, oh my God, we'll talk about it after. But I, oh my God. We are going to talk about it after. Yeah. And Tamar, uh, you, you got lucky. You're not in any promo video. Oh, you're not going to show that um, RTA project you did when we did like take Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, that no, that's so not good. happening. That was so good. <laughs> Well, you, you did really well on that. Um, you really did. Uh, so it is 8.05. And, you know, let's... Okay, you know what we're going to do? Uh, I just want to say uh, hello and welcome back uh, to the Rabin Report's 100th episode special. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin. Uh, and if you're just joining us, our panel is about to play a game. And it is called Who Said That? So... This is the first ever game that our panel will play live on the show. The way the game works is that each panelist has five cue cards, each with our names on them. I will read a quote and that was said on a previous show, and my panelists will have 15 seconds to decide who they think said that quote. Once time is up, they will hold up their card to the camera, and I will announce the, the answer, or you'll see it on screen. The panelists with the most correct answers wins. And the winner will receive... I left this sentence blank because you will get nothing. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I it. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. It's okay. It's okay. Remember the surprise at the end. 
That's right, your that's right. your winning. So you're all winners. Participation trophies. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's. Uh, it's let's too bad there's no Sam card because I feel like those would be the easiest to get. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> that uh, that's a good one. But luckily, I made it a little easier for you guys. So, like I said, the only quotes that have been said are by the people in this room. Because I was thinking, I was like, maybe I should throw in somebody from other episodes. But no, we're gonna we're gonna keep it there. Okay, so. Let us begin. What's going to happen here? Okay, so the first question. Are you ready for this? Everybody focus. The first question. I personally know people who will justify women being mistreated or referred to as sexual objects. And to say that that's not rape culture isn't fair. Your time starts now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So obviously hold the card closer to your face because the lighting is going to destroy it. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, Christina. What is your response? I think I feel like that's definitely something I would have said. Okay. Anna, hold it up. Christina and Marshall. I can't see it. Christina Christina. and Tamar Christina. And the answer is Christina. Yeah. (laughs) We so all you win. All, you all got that right. Let me actually, I got to keep score. I'm, Hold, I'm literally doing that right now. Oh, Don't thank God. You yeah. are saving my life. Okay. That was question one. Let's move on to question two. You ready, guys? Porn is biological, psychological <laughs> warfare, and most importantly, friends, it's a sin. Your 15 seconds starts now. <laughs> That's like an inspirational quote. Poor rehab. (laughs) Okay, and the answer is Marshall, episode six, season season six, episode five, Sex and Society. I remember. Oh my god. Me me and Tamar got a bit heated about uh, about that topic. I remember very well, and uh, that is my number one, probably favorite moment of the show. I think (laughs) I didn't even think it was that funny when I said it, and it was. It was still bring it up. (laughs) It was was so intense how you said it. It was just like so like rehearsed. (laughs) It was not rehearsed. I know, but it sounded so rehearsed. I was dying. Oh my god. When I read the it's a thing, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) and most importantly, friends, it's a. <laughs> and and you can just you just know Marshall said it because that's why that's why I gave you guys kind of a hint. I said porn is biological, psychological warfare and most importantly friends, it's a sin. Is that how I sound? <laughs> that's that, that is I guess how you sound. I mean, we well, all agree. We all agreed. Good. Okay. That was question 2. Let's move on to question 3. So I gave you two easy ones. Now it's going to get a little more complicated. Mm. Oh. A little more complicated, okay? Uh, but I'm glad you guys are enjoying this game because I was worried. But, okay, here we go. You're not always going to get your way. Your time starts now. I'm pretty proud of the music. <laughs> Okay, so let me go through the answers one more time. So Christina says Marshall, and Anna says Tamar, Marshall says Tamar, and 
Chris, uh, Tamara says, Anna, okay. Uh, hold your cards up. Uh, keep holding them up just so I can see. Okay. And the answer is... Me. Oh, oh no. Oh, I should have. Oh, we all lost. Obviously. Oh. Shit. I know. I should have. I'm, yeah. It was. <laughs> wow. It's obvious looking back. <laughs> Is it? It's, it's obvious when you see the answer. Uh, but, yes, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, in fact, said that. Uh, when did I say it? I said episode 508. So I think that was uh, hate. No, that was the migrant crisis. And I don't remember what we were talking about, but it took me a while to figure out some quotes that nobody would guess. So That's a really hot take. <laughs> You're not always going to get your way. Thank so, you. So, you know, divisive and, and difficult to say. And very difficult for you guys to guess. Hi, I tricked you guys. I'm so glad. <laughs> I tricked you guys. Nobody's going to get a perfect score except uh. me. But uh, that was my attempt at singing. But anyway, let's move on to our next quote. Oh. If you give more power to the government, it is more likely that they will become corrupt. Your time starts now. (laughs) Okay, all of you said Anna, and the answer is... Anna, episode, season six, episode two, about Venezuela. Of course, that's me sharing wisdom with the world, as <laughs> usual. Wow, that's, uh, I'm, yeah, that, that kind of sounded like Anna, um, you know, but you all got it. Okay, so everybody's at three points. So far, it's a four-way tie. Let's move on to the next one. There's 11 questions, by the way. 10 <laughs> plus a bonus. Love it. <laughs> Now knowing the extent of that, I don't think the same people who voted for Trump back then are going to be voting for him again. Your time starts now. Okay, keep holding up your cards. So we got Marshall, Marshall, Christina, and Marshall. And the answer is... Tamar. Whoa! What? (laughs) I don't even remember. I don't even remember the context that was in. It was in regards to episode 607. I think that was the Democrats. Uh, We talked about now knowing the extent of that. I don't think the same people who voted for Trump back then are going to be voting for him again. That was you. So um, nobody got that point? Nobody? What was that in reference to? That was about Trump's uh, re-election. And we were talking about the Democrats, the Democratic Party. But what did we not know that we now know the extent of? <laughs> well, you were, we, were, we were talking about his previous years and how the Democrats had to work towards defeating him. I think I'm remembering that it was, uh, you know, bouncing off a point that um, I was making where I said that there's a certain demographic that votes, that was almost entirely voting for Trump. It was like white working class men, generally, non-college educated. And you had said that you didn't think Trump had done what he needed to do to retain that vote. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I, okay. I've got a pretty decent memory. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I could be wrong. Well, we do appreciate the audience playing along in the comments. You're welcome to play along because this is a fun game. Our panelists are clearly enjoying it. So, so far, uh, nobody nobody got that point, right, Christina? No. Nobody. Okay, no. so it's still a four-way tie. Come on, someone's got to win. Christina, <laughs> stop looking at my answers. I see you doing it every time. <laughs> I look at, I look at everyone's answers around. and I'm like... <laughs> I'm the only one not cheating. <laughs> 
I'm not cheating. I'm just getting some inspiration. <laughs> you're doing your due diligence, your research, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we got uh, we got a cheater in the room, but it's fine. Let's move on to the next question, which is, you know, it's bad timing to promise more money than you can provide. Your 15 seconds starts now. Okay, so hold up uh, your cards again. So we got Elliot. I didn't didn't cheat this time. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I cheated off of you, though. So it's fine. (laughs) So we got Elliot, Elliot, Anna, and Elliot. Okay, and the answer is Anna. (gasps) I believe in myself and my wisdom again. Damn, I was close to guessing you, but. You know what you should try? You should try cheating. (laughs) Well, I don't want to. I I would feel bad if I did. (laughs) You should just be like, tomorrow and I don't feel bad about it. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) All right, if you insist. (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, episode 1006. I don't even remember what that was. Uh, I think I kind of remember, and it was about Joe Biden. Yes, Joe Biden. And it was something like uh, about the The money. $1,400 stimulus check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was it. That's the one. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and I was thinking, I was going to maybe layer the questions, like, in terms of chronologically, like the earlier mm-hmm. quotes. Or, but then I'm like, no, I'm going to mess with my panelists, <laughs> of course. Which, uh, which adds to the game. Okay, let's move on to the next question. You don't have to be a great speaker to get into somewhere. And your time starts now. Okay, once again, you don't have to be a great speaker to get into somewhere. The answer, or actually, let's see, Tamar, Tamar, Elliot Marshall. The answer is Elliot. Anna, <gasps> <laughs> you're killing us. Killing it. Do you remember the context? Yes, I was talking about uh, RTS. So this was episode 803. This was... Uh, free tuition. Cr- free tuition. You were there. And we were talking about getting into my program, RTA, media production. and I, I, and I knew it was from that episode. Right? Because it makes sense. You mm-hmm. were there. Uh, but... It was in regards to, we were talking about, uh, there's a longer quote, but I couldn't fit the whole thing in. But I said, you don't have to be a great speaker to get into somewhere. I know people who are not great speakers and got in and they're terrible in the program and people (laughs) who aren't great speakers that got in and who are great. So that was the context behind that one. So what's the score right now, uh, Christina? Anna's winning. Bye. She's got five points. The rest of us have three. Okay. Well. (laughs) <laughs> I have six, but no, who's counting? Uh, I mean, you oh, don't wait. really have points. You know You're not answers. allowed to play. You can't play with us. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like childhood. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next question. Different does not mean unequal. Your time starts now. She's trying to cheat again. Let's hold up two. <laughs> okay, we got some uh, cheaters in the room. Um, no, I was ner. I didn't know what to choose. I was panicking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This is the first and last ever live game on the show, as you can tell. We can't we can't be doing this, guys. Okay. Difference does not mean unequal. Let me see the answers again. We got Tamar, Tamar, or no, we got Tamar, Marshall, Marshall, and Tamar. And the answer is Tamar. Oh. <laughs> yep. Wow. I'm doing poorly. What was that in reference to? Okay, episode 609, that was feminism. Feminism, do it. <laughs> right, no, no, totally. I feel like that came from a book. I feel like, um, <laughs> not Lord of the Flies. What, it's one of those books you have to read in high school. The Giver? Fifty Shades no. of Grey. Oh. <laughs> okay, the definitely Giver. not that. No, it was either, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, A Brave New World. No, 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 it's... Okay, Animal Farm. 1984. Yes, 1984. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That sounds right. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, we were talking about uh, feminism, and that was a good one, I think, uh, to put out there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a good quote. Different does not mean unequal, because that was, uh, Tamara, that was you in regards to the differences between the two genders. Um, so... Congra- I'm trying to find where it, where that quote came from. Sorry, all animals are equal, but some oh. animals are more equal than others. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it was. It was um, Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Okay, um, isn't that a game? No, it's a book. It's a book. It's a book. I actually highly recommend it. It'd be really interesting to. I have read a lot of books to read once the show is done, and you know which ones. Um, a lot of. Uh, not self-help books, but a lot of empowerment. Oh, I thought you were going to say erotica or something. <laughs> That's why you weren't. Why do you think I mentioned because Fifty you- Shades of Grey? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next question. In my personal, in my own personal experience, I do think women naturally are softer. Your time starts now. Okay, uh, you didn't see him on screen when I read that, so I'm going to do it again. In my own personal experience, I do think women naturally are softer. Hold up your cards. Christina says, Christina, Christina, Elliot, Anna. Christina, Christina, Elliot, Anna. Okay, and the answer is, oh, the answer is, Christina. I really thought I'd be doing better at this game. <laughs> I feel like we have to just follow whatever Anna's doing because she's clearly winning. Yeah, just everybody cheat off of it. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's not fair. No, we won't. I promise we won't. I did run away from socialism for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I kind of knew, yeah. I, I, I remember saying so, that and actually a couple people were getting upset with yeah, me. Yeah, this, this was, uh, I'm just looking at the screen. Well, uh, I was really hoping it wasn't me. <laughs> I saw it, I'm thinking, oh my god, was that me? No, please. I would have been so mad with Elliot if it was me for putting that up there. (laughs) Thank god there's enough episodes of The Rabin Report that most of the embarrassing stuff I've said gets buried in all the episodes and... Because there is stuff I come across. Oh, yeah. There, there, nothing there was... incriminating, thankfully. Nothing that like is going to ever get me fired from a job, thankfully. Mm. But stuff that if somebody came across... I feel like this one's pretty bro. bad. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, Christina's fired Jesus tomorrow. Jesus Christ. I, yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. I've already had my career threatened. So... Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, we've, oh people have tried to cancel us Please, so many times. Whoever employs me, don't fire me. <laughs> I'm a good person. I work hard. 
Yeah, but she's a cheater. No. So <laughs> this is fun. I like I like this. Maybe I should become a game show host. Yeah, I'm having I'm having a lot of fun you with this. Should take one. over Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Oh, nobody can can do him justice though. Nobody can. It's do... true. It's a curse. It's, yeah. Uh, Anderson Cooper, who I'm generally not all that fond of. Like I don't hate him like a lot of people do, but I don't like him. Um, I thought he actually did okay on Jeopardy, and people were just absolutely destroying because him. They were suing him. him, and you shouldn't hate him. I like Anderson Cooper. Look, I'm I'm very much on. neutral on him. Like mm-hmm. I I don't think he's anything special. I like his hair. I think he does yeah. gray really well, or white, yeah. I suppose. But he's one of those older men who just whew, flawless. Mm. You can't have him. Second okay. of all, you would you prefer his hair over Polly D's? For myself. I mean, as a preference. As a preference, I'm going to go with Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. I'd rather have somebody with a very, very shiny bald head than Paul. Yum. Okay. Um, Let's talk about. Let me. Here's a quote that's not in the game. His hair. His. It just scares me. His. His. (laughs) That big hair. Who said that? Christina about Paul D. I think it was me. And. You could have won yourself uh, free tickets to a pizza festival, and and who was the who was the performer? Polly D. Yeah, Polly D. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I I would have turned down the uh, turned the down opportunity. For what? Uh, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not quite. I told you this is my dad joke. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next question. I don't even know what number we're at, but we're almost done. We're almost done. Okay, next question. Looking at these polls, very, very pessimistic for Trump. However, I'm not going to rule out a Trump victory. Your 15 seconds starts now. (laughs) Hey! Hey! Sorry, that I don't should know. only count for half a point if she I don't, gets I don't know where you, got, where you got that idea. Your 15 seconds is up. Who do you decide? <laughs> we got a room full of cheaters over here. I don't... I, hey, please, we're just making respect. <laughs> okay, so let's go around the room. Um, so, Christina. Marshall. Marshall. Elliot. Elliot. Okay. And <laughs> the winner is... The person who said that. Hold on a second. Neither. Hold on a second. Yes. Wait, who is it? Is it a trick question? Oh, I'm, ah. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't even guess my own quotes. This is yeah, a that's a disappointment. <laughs> that's why. That's why I had to get your shot ready because <laughs> that was bad. And I knew it, it <sighs> sounds like you. Hold I on, know that, it sounds like me, but I was thinking this was for, um, this is obviously for the 2016, uh, 2016, 2016 election. 2016 yeah, election. This is season one. I was thinking 2020 is mm. is the is why I didn't guess it. You I'm know thinking. that I actually thought it was going to be me, but then I saw, saw that the language that you use and like, no, 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 that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Language, language is important, but that's, I, I had to be careful not to read it like that. Let, let me read it like Marshall. You know, looking at these polls, very, very pessimistic for Trump. However, I'm not going to rule out a Trump victory. How's that? That was good. That was good. That Actually, was great. That was very good, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. I have to do the, I'm not going to rule out yep. a Trump victory. I do, do, I do that, absolutely. You do that. 
I, uh, I'm a guy who's easy to do impressions of, obviously, because this is something that happens to me all the time. Anytime I start a new job or I'm with a new circle of people, somebody's doing an impression of me. <laughs> and it's just, uh, this doesn't happen to everybody. It happens to me all the time. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our next question. I wonder if this is the last one, but I'll, I'll probably remember. Okay. If we want race to stop being a thing, then we should stop focusing so much on race. Your time starts now. Okay, let's hold up your answers. Anna, 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 and Anna. Anna, the answer is Anna. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it's because they cheated on me. They, they, they saw me pick it up the paper with oh, so much confidence and they no, were like... No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just feel like no one else would have said that. Yeah. I was like really was a, stuck between it being either Anna or Marshall, but... No, I thought I for a, a moment about you. Mm. Because in the in the episode about diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. you also said something similar. So, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, we... <laughs> We had a comment that guessed Morgan Freeman. What? He did I say he did Morgan say that Freeman. once. Yeah. He did say that at one point. Yeah. Wait. So, oh. He did. Yeah, okay. he said. Yeah, he, he did. in a Jake Tapper interview, he said that. Okay, but this game is about people on this show, and I don't think you ever had Morgan Freeman on. Actually, show. He, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the show. He was. Oh, was he? Yeah. I guess this I wasn't is, watching that episode. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. This is before you started watching. I didn't get that many views. So. This is. It's a, <laughs> he's a. He's a family friend of mine. So. Your family friend of God? Oh yeah, I was God. just going to say that. I was just going to say. Of course. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I keep uh, taking a while to switch between people. I have to, I, I only have four fingers and five cameras. So, okay. I think that that was the last one. Let me just check. Yes, that was the last one. Okay. And what were the results of that, Christina? Let's of course. That, well, let's talk about the from, okay. from last to first place. Okay. <clears throat> In last place, we have Marshall. In second last place, we have Tamar. And the runner-up is myself, Christina Mangiola. Miss <laughs> Please hold the applause. And um, our winner, the queen, Miss we- Venezuela, Anna... Congratulations. Let's all clap. (laughs) I didn't, Venezuela didn't win the Miss Universe, but at least we make it, okay? (laughs) And uh, I didn't have any music for this, so. There you go. (laughs) You win. Okay. Well, that was an exciting. How much time did that take? That was an exciting 10 minutes, I think. Uh, I think that was probably the highlight of the show, but there's a lot more to come. There is a lot more to come. Okay. Uh, So. As I mentioned, welcome back to the show. Our panelists just played a riveting game that Anna won. It was called Who Said That? Okay, so coming up this hour, we have also got more bloopers from our... There we go. Coming up this hour, we have got some more bloopers from season six, or season nine and ten, and uh, from our season ten promo, I should say, as well as a chat with our panel about their favorite shows over the past ten seasons. And make sure to stay until the end for a special surprise for the team and my final Rabin rant. Okay, before we go any further, 
I do want to remind our audience of a great contest going on during this special episode. Just by commenting on our live Facebook feed, you'll be entered in a giveaway for a $100 Amazon gift card courtesy of The Rabin Report. So, all you have to do is comment on our show, and that's it. Okay. Guys, let's talk about some favorite shows. Uh, we obviously just played the game about who said what, and does that bring up any memories? What are some favorite shows of yours tomorrow? Let's start with you. Some favorite shows. Um, uh, now thinking back to it, I think I really liked um, the feminism episode. I think that was really good uh, back in season six. It's the only one where all of us were in the same room at the same time. True. I didn't even what? realize that. Yeah. All of us. All, all of us. Everybody yeah. here. Wow. Yeah, it's true. I think that was one of the, the highlights. It was a great discussion. Um, one of my, my most memorable episodes was definitely, um, I think, that, that abortion. I don't, I don't know if that was the main topic. I don't was think it, it was. Was it our? our it was these, this last season. Okay, I think. yeah, it was oh, abortion. The one that you weren't on. No, it was no, this. No, no, yeah, no. it was abortion. Yes, it yeah. is possible to have a favorite show that mm. I wasn't in. Yeah. Well, mm, I know for to, you, you're in every episode. No, no, so. no. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> Little Miss Tamar. Uh, we <laughs> ran some questions on our uh, Instagram story. What was your favorite episode? <laughs> and Tamar's answer was all the episodes with Tamar in them. <laughs> I didn't know you could see who said so, that. That's a very Tamar. That's a very Tamar answer, frankly. It is. I didn't know you could see who responded. We also that's got hilarious. answers. Uh, a lot of people think the same way. Jake Beck. Jake Beck said UBI. UBI with Jake Beck. The one with Jake Beck. <laughs> we also got one. The one with Zahavi on many times. I feel like he was on it so many times. It's not just he was one. On it, he was on it four times. Yeah. Same with Tanya. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. no, but that, definitely the, the abortion episode, um, I think I was like so heated. It was, it was, wow. That moment where she took out that, um, <laughs> that like halted a Barbie Don't fetus. Bring that up. My no, God. God. I, I, that. I was sitting there and I'm like, who walks around with this in their pocket? Don't get me fucking started. I was dying. Oh my god. We're getting you started. <laughs> that was really. No, you're watching, red too. <laughs> watching from afar, that was a very funny episode. It, quick quick imagine question. Imagine being in the room. Are, are the dates on the Spotify um, episodes accurate to when the episode aired? No. Okay. No. I was trying to find. There was an episode in late November of 2020 that I was very hooked on, and I cannot remember. I remember I was watching it on a bike ride, and I commented that. I was literally riding my Is bike ride. Is it late around. November 2019? No, definitely 2020. 2020. It was either mm. abortion, Joe Biden. Um, no, there was other. There were other ones. UBI. Might have been, it must have been UBI, of course. That's a topic that's I love. That's the one yeah, you were supposed okay. to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was riding my bicycle, like a rented city bicycle. And this is so dangerous. Don't try this at home, folks. I'm riding the bicycle at night with the camera, with my phone like this, watching it live. I was just going around. Um, I was up to, going up to my cousin's house for something. We live pretty close by. But that was how hooked I was on that episode. It was a great episode, UBI. That was, uh, you know what's funny? If you had come on that episode, we wouldn't have had Anna on the show, and Anna wouldn't be here today. You were Thank actually you, supposed Marshall, to. Thank you, Marshall, for yeah. not coming to the episode. Well, okay? I worked. I think I worked late that day. Yeah, you couldn't make it. Yeah, Everything I, happens for a reason. Mm, just like your surprise. Just like your surprise. Don't Everything say, happens for a reason. Don't say that. Did you give me a car, Elliot? No, if it's a car, I'm the one deserving <laughs> because I won this game. Okay. You know what you should use the car for. No, Being it's an Uber not driver. needed. 
It's no longer need. I don't need to come to Vong after this. Are Thanks you not going to visit me? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> if I have, there's no reason for me to ever come back here. <laughs> Same. You see? <laughs> I thought I was going to save the crying for the end, but I was mistaken. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, uh, other, other favorite shows. I think uh, one episode that none of you guys were on was Men versus Women, and that was Samuel and Jessica and Amara going that, at it. I was going to bring was... that one up. I forgot about Jessica, though. Jessica? Jessica, yeah. Oh, a really forgotten figure of the... No offense to Jessica. I mean, she was great on the show, but just a really kind of forgotten figure of the show. Uh, yeah. But um, She was great. Was she one season? Her? She she was one season. Yeah, that episode I was literally pacing. I was just on my ADHD meds. They just kicked in. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pacing around my apartment like hands in my hair like, "Oh my god, this episode is stressing me out. I'm not even on it." It was something. Imagine how I felt. I oh. was prepping to go see Celine Dion that night, and I just have this yelling spat going on. I'm like, "Guys, I need to be zen for Celine Dion." But nope. Nope, nope, nope. That we actually, in the comments, there's already been a couple comments saying that that was people's favorite yeah, episode. I was going to name that one. Yeah. as one of mine. Top three. It was definitely explosive. <laughs> um, any other episodes? I mean... All really the episodes with me um, as a guest or as a panelist, uh, as a panelist were the best. Let's talk about it. Uh, Rape Culture was the first one. Yes. Uh, and best then, episode. Best. And then we had the election special with... Best episode. With, I wasn't there. I was speaking. With... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. With with Jaquan and Will. Shouts Remember? out to Jaquan and Will, two of my best buddies in the world. Love those guys. Love Will. I was just with Will at the beach and um Did he get sunburnt too? I, I think he got a little bit sunburned. He kinda he kinda disappeared on me at the end at the end of the day. <laughs> I went to go play volleyball and I came back and he was gone. But uh, Will 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 watch this show? Yes, I think so. Will, I think he was Will, actually tuned in. I don't know if he still is. Cringe but Daddy? Cringe Daddy, yes. Go check out Cringe Daddy on YouTube. Sorry oh, that's for, the guy on sorry. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's... Pranks on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh. I, I, well, I met Will on the show and then very shortly after that ran into him at Mac because he was friends with... Um, Jack Denmo. Yeah, who's this... He's pretty. He's a pretty big YouTuber, especially in like the GTA. He he goes to these homecomings and they're pretty hilarious. I've mm. been on quite a few of them. Um, <laughs> not remembered that I was on them until the video was posted online. Um, yeah, he's great. And then I've I've I just I've run into him at, in Hamilton a bunch. He was he was a great guest. I, I was on the show with him that that election special or whatever it was. We were also. Um, what was I going to say? Man, I lost my train of thought. Um, a favorite episode. Oh, had it in the comments. The first coronavirus episode, which was uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, myself, Samuel, Amara, and Jordan. And we were talking about it, and I called it. I said on that episode that this was going to be a big deal. Amara didn't listen to me. Jordan didn't listen to me. Sam agreed with me. And look where we are I now. Remember. I want to go watch that episode now. And I remember Sam telling me um, just privately that he thought this was going to be a big thing. And I thought, eh. And then... Don't you, know, you miss being so naive? I know. And I, I knew it was a big thing in terms of the sickness. What we had discussed was the in terms of the economic effects. And I thought, mm. oh, we're going to shut down for two weeks. Eh, yeah. Whatever. Two weeks to flatten the curve. And, and, Sam, <laughs> and Sam is telling me, Marshall, you know, uh, stockpile some food, stockpile some canned goods, because there might be shortages. And, and the, in fact, there was. Maybe not of canned goods, but of other goods. Toilet yes. paper. Toilet paper. Oh, my God. That was a huge. That was pancake a mix. One. Couldn't get yeah. pancake mix anywhere. No flour. You couldn't get chickpeas. No chickpeas. It's so yeah. random, so but you couldn't. It's such a you thing. To I know. 
<laughs> it I love, was. I love chickpeas as well. Chickpeas are a staple such a in my good, diet. They're such a good protein, guys. They are. Like, okay, but serious question. Chocolate hummus? Huh? Oh my God, no. That's an abomination. I'm sorry. Dessert, hummu- really d- dessert hummus is not a thing. Like, just let's not do that no, now, no. please. Thank I, you. Uh, hummus is also a staple in my diet. And I like mm. the jalapeno stuff from Sabra. Great. I, I love eat Sabra. It, I eat it almost every day mm-hmm. with some crackers. Mm. And I love it so much. And if there love was a, a hummus, hummus shortage, I would be devastated. You could always make it yourself, so. I could. I could. Um, I could. Another favorite episode of mine, Underrated Gem, uh, The Canadian Monarchy. And now it might not be I a favorite. I was thinking about that one. It might not even be a favorite for others, listeners, guests, but I was on zero hours of sleep that, that <laughs> you day. You were, and you announced it, and, and the sh- that portion of the show was only like 20 minutes. Yeah, and I could not... Um, focus i was delirious and i came out of that thinking oh this is terrible and when i listened back to it, it actually wasn't so bad but i it just was so much more entertaining to me because of the zero sleep you mentioned uh the fact that jagmeet singh wanted to abolish the monarchy and you said that you don't think anybody who feels that way should be prime minister of canada yeah i still 100 percent agree I, I don't think that the governor general which why don't we have a governor general yeah. this is pissing me off we still don't have why one? do we no, have a it's been five months well i could talk for hours about that and it's very important why don't we just become part of the u.s you know what that's i'm gonna a say no <laughs> i'm gonna say no, no and i agree i agree and that's why we have a monarchy there's okay there's I a see, direct I see line there but yeah they definitely um, do a lot for us the queen does a lot for canada absolutely right? absolutely there's yeah. there's why why not get rid of our national anthem when you I get rid of flag. Go for They're it. Already, they've already Go changed it. it. They have? And, Wait, they, and changed? they shouldn't have. Oh, the anthem. And the flag. Yeah. The, what in 67, they oh, changed okay. the flag. Oh, um, Ages ago. But, yes, Jagmeet Singh, uh, because he doesn't believe in the monarchy, should not be allowed to serve as prime minister. You should not be able to be a elected official in this country, a member of parliament, if you cannot swear true, earnest fealty to the Queen of Canada. Oh, damn it. And this, I'm sorry, what? Sorry. Actually, I can't actually, be the prime minister. Actually, when you're becoming a, you don't, a citizen. You don't to, yeah, when you're about to become a citizen in Canada, you need to, to swear that, that you're going to be loyal to the queen. Yeah. The now, I remember when Ruben got his, when yeah. my husband got his citizenship. I had to do that. Yeah, you need to do that. But I was also, I was going to make a joke, and now it's not going to be funny because the time was missed, but I was going to say, wait, so you don't have, you have to pledge the allegiance to Celine Dion because she is the queen <laughs> of Canada. Is. Yes. No, she is, yeah. she is the actual queen of Canada, and I pledge my allegiance to her. <laughs> um, she is, uh, I'm actually thinking of converting from Judaism to Celine Dionism. It's a new religion that I'm starting. <laughs> Nice. As uh, of today? As it, well, it's been in the back of my okay, mind, okay. you know. I almost feel like he's mentioned this before. <laughs> I probably have. Listen, I have a lot of side projects going on, a lot of self-improvement. Starting a religion is one of them, apparently. <laughs> yes, yeah. What we don't know is he's bought several properties already <laughs> to turn into St. Dion Temples. He's already yeah. written a holy yeah. scripture. He's already... I believe built it. an entire system of gaining membership into this religion, and oh there's a God. lot to it that you guys don't know. I about. mean, you guys are joking, but I remember in like 12th grade, I had a t- uh, my my Torah teacher actually dedicated one Torah class to. Celine. She was also um, I sh- we should probably introduce you guys. I th- uh, was yeah. a Celine Dion super fan, and yeah, that whole class was all about Celine Dion. So pretty well, much religion in its own in its own right. Well, I do just want to mention for the record. First of all, the Queen, the actual the Queen of England, and I go way back. Um, I saw her in person leaving the Royal York Hotel. Oh. So you guys are good I, friends. I got it. Yeah, uh, yeah. she was wearing a nice blue dress, nice blue hat, and there was Prince Philip. You took a uh, selfie together. I did. No, we actually yelled "Long live the Queen" to mm. her. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you love that. It was it was fun. We actually waited an hour for her to come out of her hotel room. Like we just 
there were just so many cops around the hotel. So you were stalking her, basically. And, and we were fans. Mm. Just like I am with Celine Dion. So Celine Dion and I go way back as well. Right. Um, our hands touched. So just That's putting that lot. out there. That's putting lot. that out there. Um, <laughs> there's this video. Best, best birthday present, 2019. Oh my god, Elliot, there's this video, um, you told me that it's fake, but I think it's real. Um, someone was singing to Celine Dion, and she's in her car, and uh, the person wasn't so great, and as they're singing, Celine, like, rolls up. <laughs> That's yeah. fake. She, like, rolls it down, and then rolls it up. Anyways, oh, I'm, saying, I'm saying that, because that was totally the interaction she had with you when your hands touched. You're, like, rocking by. She came to me. Uh, she okay. was running she on the stage, okay, okay. And, she t- and I was wearing a huge Celine Dion shirt. You was can this in see Vegas? It. You, yeah, of course. Oh, obviously. Um, and that was a great time. Okay, so enough about Celine Dion, um, or not. Uh, <laughs> any final last shows, favorite shows? Uh, yes, for me, it was actually a show where I wasn't present, and it was the Black Lives Matter show. That was, ah. that was so good. I remember that I was in the in the flight back from, from Alberta, and I was listening in, in the flight, and I was like, oh my God, I should have been there. I had so many thoughts, so many opinions. You have no idea the anxiety uh, that was running through me that entire episode. I was just sitting here like, yep. It's so, it was so funny because you were sitting there like that, like this. Victoire and Javier were going at it, and I'm sitting here like this because this was making great television, great content. Yeah, like we didn't even, we could have just left the room and nobody would have even noticed yeah i actually i i found like like christina she was trying to be neutral but also like supporting a lot javier and i would have been here just you know supporting a lot victoire because i know myself and i agree with a lot of things mm-hmm. that he said i gotta go back and watch that one i i couldn't watch past the first 20 minutes or so because I, I had something to do but uh something more important than the raven report I've a prior commitment yeah i can't mm-hmm. remember what it was but okay well the door's over there <laughs> 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 okay 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 um, uh, no i'm just kidding but, but no it's a it's an intense topic of course and victoire I'm, I'm quite fond of him from his previous appearances on the show and um victoire and i actually got into a bit of a spat in the dms a little while ago over soccer which is something oh. i get very <laughs> intense about that's the one topic i cannot debate without emotion is soccer no one can debate soccer without no, emotion no. that's the way it goes but yeah. i still love the guy he's a fantastic guy and he's great on this show and his his appearances of i think he's been twice correct? yeah he was on and, current music and the talk. current music yeah i loved his takes on that one and uh from what i saw from the black lives matter one as well talking about wap Yes, I said WAP. It is WAP, please. <laughs> this is very serious. It's a cultural, It's there's cultural significance. Yeah, it's the female empowerment song, Elliot. It oh, is the female. That, it is our anthem. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't include myself in these. <laughs> oh, I was. I was being sarcastic. I was also. I just, being I just sarcastic. have to say, we're so lucky that coronavirus happened like this year when that song came out. Because could you just imagine being in the clubs oh, like dancing to that? I would have refused to dance. I already to know that. how disgusting the club. It's gonna be when they well, when the clubs open up and that song gets played. It is gonna be wait trash. for the clubs to open up and everybody starts doing TikTok dances. Oh, there. of course. Oh, yeah. Just walk Ooh. through the parks now. Like that's what's. I mean, whatever. What's open? Um, you see all the kids like filming their TikTok videos. It's so cute. It's. But what about like I? I before the pandemic would see little kids like in a store. They put they put it up on the shelf and they they're like under ten and they're sitting there doing their whatever. In the middle of a store in front of everybody, I I think back to being like eight and how humiliated I would be to do that. But there's a very small window of time during which it's cute for kids to be making TikToks. Um, With their under 10, 
I think it's like you're too young for TikTok. I think I don't have TikTok, oh, so I don't, I don't know what kind of stuff's on there necessarily. The, the, the thing with TikTok, though, and we talked about it on the OnlyFans and sex work episode. The thing with TikTok is that there's so much more than TikTok dances. There's oh, yeah. financial advice. There's life medical advice, advice. Mm-hmm. medical advice. There's uh, you know, music. There's music decomposition. Someone shows you how they created a track. You ever There's see that TikTok of the like that. the lady who had the slug in her rug? What? And she made a song about the slug in her rug, and because obviously there's a rhyme to work off of right there, it's so good. If you if you look it up on YouTube, it's my favorite. It's the only TikTok that I like reference reference ever. Yeah. I mean, I think what it what it is for me is I was I was such a big fan of Vine. Like Vine oh, was. Too. To this day, I I will use a Vine reference probably at least once a day in my everyday life. Like I road work ahead. A road. I sure <laughs> hope it does. <laughs> and he's and okay, Drew Gooden. Shout out. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. Oh, I too. watch him. Yeah, he's, that's him. He's him. That's oh, the, he's I have no the road idea. I love guy. him. Yeah. He's fantastic. He yeah. made a video about this uh, movie. It was a Christmas movie with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. That was a great yeah, one. Little he, Italy was, I think, yeah, movie, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the best. Uh, and so all those Viners, I've like, I like now I'm I follow them on YouTube. But um, I think I just like couldn't latch on to TikTok because I was, you know, I was like, it, it's like a, you're an imposter. You're not I Vine. Agree. I don't I don't care about TikTok. your dances and your attempt at comedy. You're not funny. Hey, the J Lo <laughs> challenge was really fun though. I don't know the challenge. <laughs> I don't know. I think TikTok is really cool if you look at it as like a social experiment mm-hmm. um, to see how literally people across so many different like, nations and countries and all of that have been able to like understand each other just on a song. Like that somebody, I don't know, That's halfway true. across the world can like you, you hear a song now on the radio or I, I don't know, I watch a lot of TikTok. So <laughs> I hear a song on the radio and I'm like thinking of a dance or I'm thinking of a video and like somebody, you know, all the way across the world is thinking of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it also speaks to, in a kind of a negative way, the attention span we don't have. I don't know if you know, like from the analytics of TikTok, like a seven second video actually performed the best mm-hmm. because people don't watch. But um, it's, it's, it's so entertaining. I love it. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's really cool as a social experiment. The algorithm is also very interesting because what they do is they show your video to a small group of people and if they if it does well there, then they show you to another bigger group of people and from there it's much easier to become famous on tiktok versus other social platforms it's it's this chinese ingenuity that like stuff that comes out of china always is doing so well really really coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) that's the only your your mileage may vary well i mean honestly though that is i mean if coronavirus did spread very well it did it's like it performed very well maybe it wasn't a good impact but it did perform well look at you playing devil's advocate I don't know how that's devil's advocate, but okay. Well, pro spread. I'm not pro. <laughs> you just said something out of China, not like he was saying how how um, everything out of China has yeah. been so good. And I'm like, yes, it was very effective. Mm. Vithushan commented, he said, um, TikTok ain't that bad. Y'all just grew up. And I said, fuck, are we boomers? <laughs> like, is that what we are now? Are we old? We know, we know one of us is. One of us is a boomer. I don't know how old this rest- guy is. I don't know how old this guy is, but now I'm just picturing him as like an eight-year-old at his computer. He's, he's, he's like a recent high school graduate. Okay. So he's younger. Vithushan? Yeah. You know him? I don't know him. I just... I, he's a friend of Jerome's, right? I I'm think. not sure. I just saw him in the comments once and he, he said he graduated well, in 2020. Well, Vithushan, we thank you for watching. Yeah. Um, big and fan. And his comments are very he's nice. He's always yeah. commenting, always interacting. Love you, Vithushan. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Friend of the show, family. 
of yeah. the show. Yeah, I always see your comments, Vathushan. I see you. I like your comments. They're very mm-hmm. good. They're yeah, very insightful. exactly. We see you. We hear you. We feel you. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on now to the season 10 bloopers. And we had filmed... See, you know what? You're going to watch it. Then we're going to talk about it. Fuck. What, you're not, you're not excited for that? No, because I already know how much of a shit show it was. Oh, it's going to oh be great. Oh my God, no, please. It's going to be great. Okay, here we go. That was the wrong video. Hold on. Give me two seconds to find the right video. I think it's this one. Nope. Okay, while I find That's the right that you should not show this video. While I find the right video, Anna and Christina are going to talk about uh, what it was like going from season nine to season ten. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't um have like that much to say about it, but um, season it was season nine and ten, right? Those were the seasons, yes. and uh, we only had Jerome around for a little while, and then he had to step down, and he was great. But I am, uh, in a way, I'm happy that that happened because I ended up with Anna as a permanent panelist. And, um, I mean, I don't know if there's another chance to get sappy, but, um, you know, Anna, I love you. I really do. And you've taught me so much. I, I, unfortunately, a lot of my, uh, Latino family isn't here. So this is like every Tuesday, I get an opportunity to interact with one of my own. And, um, you know, you've taught me a lot and, and we all have this, this perception of, of what a, a minority or a Latina woman is like. And I think you really kind of, you challenge that. And yeah, I just love that I had a person to rant about Latinx with, <laughs> like that was the best. And also Christina is one of the few leftists in the world that won't end up in the bad ship. So. I won't be sent to Mars. Exactly, <laughs> because I'm going to save her. So there you have it. <laughs> okay, so I managed to find the right video. Oh, God. So oh. here, let's try <laughs> this. Ay, Dios <laughs> Let's try this one more time. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, hold Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Okay, keep keep going. Okay. Okay. Anyways, continue where you <laughs> Can left we off. talk about God is Latin America? Because obviously yep. he's avoiding yep, this it's mess. It's true. <laughs> if you had any doubt about, I, I think the Bible was wrong. And exactly. actually, <laughs> you know, we are the chosen people. Here we, we are. are. Yeah. <laughs> we are the original. We are the original humans. The Latinos. Going into uh, going into season now. When did you come in? Season nine? Season, yeah, season yeah. nine, actually. Going into season nine was very interesting for viewers and me being the first time being the viewer and not the... I guess, no, I left... At the you end left of season after six. season six, but you came as a guest in season uh, nine. No, season seven, you came as a guest. Yeah, okay. Or no, season eight. Yeah, it was season okay. eight. I'm just trying to get my timeline okay. right here. Okay, so <laughs> third time's the charm. I found the right video. If it doesn't work, please listen to the sign from him, capital H. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> no, we're going to keep trying to get it right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go.
crisps in Spanish. <laughs> Hola a todos! Hola a todos! You can say it loud. Okay. Hola a todos! Yes! <laughs> With a big smile on your face. Psychopath smile. Should I just, just say sounds good? Okay. Sounds good. Are you ready for another 11 weeks of this? Podemos hablar español. Oh, fuck. Inglés. What about this dude, Elliot? Oh man. We need to put a spice in this show. Mm, not really. I've been here for the whole season. Fuck. Okay. Are you ready for another 11 weeks of this? A little louder? You gotta be louder. Fuck! Okay. Okay. What's the line? Is the Spanish line? I think that was good. Please, Chuito, make it work. Okay, that was our bloopers. Are you? Yeah, I just remember sitting here, how long it took, and for whatever reason, every time I said a line, I would look at Elliot. It was like I needed him to validate everything I was saying, so I would finish my sentence, and the second I finished, I would look over at Elliot, and he'd be like, stop looking at me! We need to get this done! And, and uh, it got really tiring. Mm -hmm. um, my... I couldn't remember my Spanish lines, and they were so small. You've got a sailor mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. I need to work on that. Oh well. So, what was it? Uh, what was it like, Anna, specifically for you, working on uh, season season ten, the promo? You know, because you used to be an actor. No, I and hated I everything. I was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, this is going to take forever. I just could think I, I was so tired, as you can see in the in the in the flashbacks. Like, ah, uh, I just wanted to get out of here and I was hating everyone at mm. that point. So yeah. It was it was what what a uh, a show I or a promo video. I think it was so it it really represented all of us, you know, like you um being so tired of everything you know yeah that's me naturally <laughs> and i think marshall as someone who wasn't part of this promo video what did you think about it well it seems like they shared a lot of the same experiences that uh, our team had when we were recording our promo i think that uh for people who are not naturally inclined to being on film in a recorded setting it's very different because in a live setting we can stumble on our words, we can, you know, say the wrong thing, and it's okay because it's live. What are you gonna do? That's bound to happen. But when it's recorded, you gotta get everything perfect, and it's tough to get things perfect. You're not gonna get it on the first try, and you gotta do different angles, and yep. you gotta get all the props in, and in our case, on the spot rewrites. Yeah. Actually, so we, I think I was texting Marshall like, I don't know how you did this. I am yes, already yes, hating this. You did. You texted him during yes. the shoot. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, <I'm telling> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, Whatever. I it's the final I'm, episode. I'm, I'm responding, Anna. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's uh, you know, 
a shoot is a shoot and production. You used to be an actress in Venezuela, you said. So this should I be normal. I hated. I hated that. That's why I didn't continue that path. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. Definitely not. Okay, that's fair. Um, what is next? Okay, let's talk about what's next here. Nope, not that. Let's talk about how warm it is in this room right now. It is yeah. so you, hot. If you keep I feel in Jamaica. Yourself, you're gonna get hotter. Yeah, you just gotta stay still. We are almost done, but let's talk about all of your futures, uh, Marshall. Let's start with you. What is in store for you? Yeah, well, currently I'm on the on the job hunt. I've got a number of things in the works. I've been doing uh, courses on the Canadian Securities course. I, I haven't splurged on the actual course yet so i'm doing uh courses from udemy uh, udemy i think is how you say it, which is a great website they're not paying me i swear um so that's uh something that would allow me to um become a stockbroker sell stocks etfs but that's just one option i'm looking at a number of other things i would love to go into political consulting i would love to go into management consulting there are many doors uh, i have yet to knock on and um you know, there's an abundance of choices for things I can do. I'm not worrying about it too much. I'm not stressed. We're in a pandemic. I'm working hard on other stuff. It's okay. Yeah, you you don't think that you're going to be working. You don't want to really work in the politics sphere as much anymore. Well, you know what? I would absolutely go into a politics job. Um, there are great jobs in politics, and if something was offered to me that I found would suit me well, I would absolutely take it. Um, but I don't want to, you know, jinx anything by saying for sure I'm going to go back into politics because it's been in a lot of ways nice having uh, time off from politics as well. Yeah, politics is a very, very difficult uh, field to be it's in. It's exhausting and it's very often a thankless job. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I wish you luck in your endeavors. And of course, we'll be in touch as it, as it goes on because, as you know, uh, I'm very big in... Uh, and interested in the financial sector now as well. Not working in the financial sector, but uh, Tamar knows that as well. Uh, okay, Tamar, let's go to you. Yeah. What, uh, what's in your future? What's in my future? That's a great question. Um, definitely need help with my scoliosis. That should be something first. You keep telling me to sit up straight. Um, so in my future, I recently left um, a job and I started my own social media and digital marketing agency. And so... Can you tell us a little about it? Yeah. So basically what I do is I work um, almost exclusively with health and wellness entrepreneurs um, in Canada who really just need help. Originally, it started out um, needing help getting their services virtual and how to really translate their their services being in person to being able to sell and, and make a living still while you know did being someone say virtual i don't get it why is that funny i do live streaming for a i know no, no, i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> so, okay i have a really weird sense of humor where i'm like very sarcastic and people don't get it i apologize so <laughs> with you i sometimes i don't know sometimes i, I, know, I really I get that a lot i get that a lot but your future you yeah, will, yeah. so i'm doing um, a lot of social media management and all of that um digital marketing everything from content creation whether that's video graphic um photo shoots a lot of tiktok filming which, which is why i love tiktok so much it's so fun um and really just helping people promote themselves in new ways to new audiences and it's been really fun um it's a huge especially now with covid where people are online all the, the time. time yeah it's so it's great it's it, again it's it could be very overwhelming because i'm managing a few accounts and you know 
sometimes people will message me and I have to get back to them. It's a lot, but I love it. And um, a lot of that, I'm hoping to do a lot of traveling once, uh, you know, things open up now that, mm-hmm. you know, my, my profession allows that. And yeah, that's pretty much what's in store for my, my near future. Well, as, as I said to Marshall, I wish you the best of luck. And we're in touch for any uh, virtual events that your clients may need. Elliot Rabin Productions is here to help. <laughs> Christina. Yeah. What's in store for you? Um, not much will change. Um, my dog, my puppy will continue to grow and I will continue to be a mother, um, (laughs) to my dog. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been with, I've been with Theodore for six years now. We just celebrated our six year anniversary. So congratulations. Congrats. Um, you know, maybe sometime in the future, just putting it out there um so i mean he'll be in my future um as long as he behaves and um that's yeah that's i i'm i'm in pr and i'm gonna i'm gonna continue in pr um i think that this is where i'm gonna i I enjoy the line of work and um i've been doing it for a few years now so i I think that this is just uh, this is what i'm gonna stick to um i'm good at it i'm happy i enjoy the work um and I, I, I just changed jobs recently, so mm-hmm. that's a new change in my life. I don't know when the next time will be that I that I make a change, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of these future steps I've just I I've done while I was while we were doing the show. Like I I just got a new place, and and Theodore and I have a house now. Um, we we have the top the main floor of a house. We've got our puppy. Um, I've got a new job, so it's I've already kind of I'm I've already started doing a bunch of new stuff. Um, so I think so more stability. Fu- yeah, my future will just be kind of settling into that, um, continuing the stability. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I've already kind of kind of set my my life's kind of set up, and I am just gonna go with the flow. I w- I would love to do some traveling once t- once things open up as well. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll go back to school and get a certificate and something. But you know, we talked about this on the last episode. I am dr- I would rather <laughs> die than go back to school. But my mind might my mind might change in a few mm-hmm. years. Who knows? So okay. Well, once again, I wish you the best of luck, and we will be in touch. And Anna, our resident Venezuelan, our boomer of the show. <laughs> And yeah, thank you, Elliot. And now I'm considering finding a sperm donor because, you know... <laughs> because you're entering those geriatric exactly. years. So, yeah. you know, better to, 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 to do things I was right. just about to say that you're wearing very nice earrings. <laughs> yeah, you well, are. Thank you. Yeah. So, what's in store for you? <laughs> uh, actually, yes, I want to continue the path of anti-money laundering. And I I want to move in that direction. I also would like to get back to law school and get, you know, my degree actually validated here in Canada as well. Mm. And I don't know if I will work as a lawyer, like, independently, but it's something that I'm considering doing. Wow. And I have also started another podcast, but with my libertarian friends from Venezuela. Wow. Who are actually watching. 
and they are saying, you know, a couple of things about you guys. <laughs> Just good things, don't worry. Ma'am, okay. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, actually, uh, we have started that podcast and maybe I will do one on my own. I don't know. I mm. love talking. Yeah, you should. If you start one on your own and you need like a co-host. <laughs> I, I would love to invite you. Actually, I want to invite Elliot and you. We oh, should. A- and me. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, but I want to interview you. So I don't. Oh, I'm yeah. okay with that. Elliot's yes. want to take on something for once. Exactly. Elliot's always neutral. Exactly. Mm. I want to like see the true Elliot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not neutral about Celine Dion. <laughs> That's the only thing. Okay. And, and you know, yeah. And also, I'm planning to travel to Venezuela for the first time in five years. Wow. And when's that? Because one reason is very sad. My grandma is very sick. So I really want to see her. And another reason is because there are places in my country that I didn't have the chance to see that I really want to see. Mm. So, yeah, it would be a a fully like, I don't know what I'm going to find Mm -hmm. because when I left, things were really bad. Right. But I need to reconnect with that part of myself. It's a very important part of you. Exactly. And, And looks like a lot is in store for you. So for the fourth time, I wish you the best in everything you do. And we will be in touch. Thank you. That's it for everyone's futures. Um, what is about to go here? Oh, that's gone. Okay. Uh, now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, not the Rabin rant yet, but the surprise that I have for my team. So, I'm about to get it, and they don't know what I'm about to give them. Okay? So. I'm actually scared. You're, you're scared? Yeah, I'm really scared. Okay. Well, I'm kind of scared, too. Okay, you're not gonna. I'm excited. You're, you're, you, all I ask is to keep the volume low because I can't monitor audio when I okay. get the when I get the surprise. Okay, so I will get it right now. You can see me get it. Does this does this mean that there's there there, there will be screaming? Is this your anticipation? It's a box of spiders. <laughs> you're anticipating uh-huh. that. It's just wasps. You're anticipating that we're gonna. What did out. I just say about the volume? Sorry. Sorry. Apologies. Okay. 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 So I have it in this. It's not an Amazon package, but the box fit. If something jumps out of that and scares me, Elliot, I am leaving right now. It's the ring from Theo. (laughs) No, it's not. Oh my God. If that was that, I would cry. I would literally cry for you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, all of our panelists have been on the show for a very long time, and it's important to acknowledge that. So, each one of our panelists is about to get... A trip to Jamaica? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately. That's so cute! Oh, my God, that's so sweet. That's adorable. That's awesome. It's a participation ribbon. So, so this one, and I'll, let me just, hold on. This is very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. You didn't see that. Okay. So this says, I'm going to start with Tamar, certificate of participation. Let's see if I can angle. There we go. Can't really see it. it. Okay, it's a certificate of participation. This certificate is awarded to Tamar Lyons for participating in eight episodes of the Rabin Report. So, Tamar. Only eight? I was on a whole season. I know, and you were gone for two of those shows. True. Um, So, seven of those, yeah. And one for today. 
Aww. thank you. This is so nice. So that's Lillian. Tamar. Um, <laughs> so nice. That's the only one thank I could afford. You. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is so sweet. That's adorable. It needs to go like right on your wall above your bed. It's very important. Okay, Anna Riso. This certificate is awarded to Anna Riso for participating in 18 episodes of wow. The Rabin Report. Wow. 18, wow. <laughs> I, I, I never thought I wanted to so many episodes. 18. I know, it was. I had to go through them and make sure that you were, you know, there. So <laughs> so you obviously were here for for majority of this Actually, season. Actually, it was going to be in 20, but then I had the pseudo-COVID, and then I went to Alberta, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it worked out because because of the fact that you went to Alberta, we were able to talk about uh, BLM. So everything happens for a reason. And when I said that things work out in regards to your surprise, this isn't what I had originally intended to get you guys, but things changed and work out for the better. So Anna, this is for you. Yay. Thank you, Anna. Okay, next. Okay, this certificate is awarded to Christina Mangiola for participating in 25 episodes what? of The Rabbit There's Report. There's no, wow. 25? 25. Okay, go off, Christina. Go off. Wow. So this is for you. Thank you. I love it. And you spelt my name right and you said it right. I, I, I did my best. I had to, had to make that work. And of course, Marshall... It's going to be like 95 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. 72. This certificate is awarded to Marshall Derbyshire for participating in Drama? 60 episodes of wow. The Rabbit Report. Wow. 60. <laughs> Amazing. That's like, that is like three days of my life. I was just going to say, that's like over 60 hours of... <laughs> 60. The, some of our shows were more than No, two, exactly. More than that's what hour. I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, more so this is... Marshall certificate. I don't know if you can see it on screen, yeah. but Marshall, yeah. this That's is amazing. for you. Thank you, amazing. Elliot. I appreciate it. Shout out of to course. Marshall. That's awesome. And and of course, you know, I wanted to commemorate the moment. So, did you get one for yourself? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> this certificate is awarded to Elliot Rabin for participating in 100 episodes <gasps> of the Rabin Report. Yay! Yay! I uh, obviously. Couldn't uh, couldn't have done this uh, without myself. So I want to thank myself for this award. And obviously, no, I'm kidding. I want to thank all of you for this award because this wouldn't have happened if it weren't for all of you. And so. thank you, Elliot. Well deserved. Yes. <laughs> and you know, all of this wouldn't have happened, you know, without you. Like we we this this opportunity and this this space that we've created only exists because of you. So. You know, you deserve more than gifting yourself a participation certificate. <laughs> but the 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 work and the time and the effort that you've put into this show does not go unnoticed. And I don't think, you know, I've never seen somebody put in the time and um, the sweat and the tears. You know, we people see the show and it looks great. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And uh Elliot really makes it all possible, especially these past two seasons where he's been running literally everything from the videos to the audio to the whatever, 
everything that happens behind the scenes of a podcast is being done by one man. So um, congratulations on what you've done because if anyone deserves recognition here, it's you. You've, you've really, you created something amazing. Absolutely. And thank you. You know, this is something of course, uh, all of us, but especially you are going to be able to look back on forever and, uh, and show your kids, show your grandkids and show your future employers as what an example of what a great producer you are. Or just, if you want to stay self-employed, of course, that's a thing too, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a legacy. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, Elliot, Celine would be so proud of you. She okay. is so proud of you. You're right. She watches every episode, <laughs> every week, tuning in live. Uh, she now, told me. Now, now you guys are going to make me cry. Okay. Um, I do just want to say that. Oh, hold on a second. What's going on here? Oh, I see what's going on. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. I do just want to remind our audience that this is your last chance. If you haven't already, comment on our Facebook live feed to be entered in our $100 Amazon gift card giveaway, courtesy of The Rabin Report. It's really that simple. The winner will be announced tomorrow, so you've still got time. Okay, now... forgot about the music (laughs) let's do that one more time it is now time for my final rabbin rant (sighs) five years 10 seasons 100 episodes i honestly cannot believe that we've made it to this point. The Rabin Report started as just an idea, and from there it grew to one of the most listened to and recognized shows at Ryerson. You know, I've been trying to find the words for this moment, but as much as I do my best, it won't be perfect. And perfection is something that I constantly strive for, but if I had focused too much on it, I would have never succeeded. At some point, I had to make the move to begin, and thankfully, as the show went on, I grew and ultimately became even better than what I wanted at the beginning. Episodes 1 and 2 of The Rabin Report were never recorded, unfortunately. They're gone. But they still happened. Until halfway through Season 2, we were going live to Facebook by filming my program monitor with Adam's phone. And after that, the quality of the show got better with multiple camera angles, with the team getting more comfortable in their respective mindsets. In season six, we moved to a new studio, through no fault of our own, and with that came a new time with new panelists and guests. That curse turned out to be a blessing. Then in season seven, a brand new team, as well as expanding the show to Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and TikTok, where one of our videos hit nearly 100,000 views. And not to flex, but it's of me making a good point. Just saying. (laughs) Finally, to season nine, in a brand new space with another brand new team outside of Ryerson University, and that safe net of having someone run and fix potential equipment issues was gone. Now, here we are today, where I am proud of how far the show has come. 
I had the same opportunities as everyone else in my class at Ryerson to start a radio show, but I'm the only one from my graduating class that is still doing it. Hard work pays off. And while this may be the final episode of The Rabin Report, this isn't the end for me. Writing, producing, directing, audio mixing, and hosting, in addition to editing, graphic design, and marketing for The Rabin Report, has been one of the most challenging and, at the same time, most rewarding experiences of my life. It is because of this show that I have learned so much about the world. It is because of this show that I have met so many amazing people, some of whom I'm able to call close friends. And it is because of this show that I have become far more confident in who I am and in my abilities as a producer and as a broadcaster. Before Ryerson, I had my sights set on working as a director or cinematographer in the film industry. However, over the course of these last five years, my passion for being on camera has taken over my life, and when I'm on air, I truly feel comfortable. And for me, comfort is a very difficult feeling to achieve. Comfort that came thanks to many important people. And yes, I am going to thank them all by name because no one will play me off stage, I hope. First, I want to thank my family, mom, dad, babushka, Vudi, and Misha, for your constant support over the last five years. I want to thank you for allowing me to pursue this project, to pursue this show in the midst of a pandemic. Without your support, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'd also like to thank some people that are like family to me. Kara, Elvira, and Marsha, you've been with me along this journey and have constantly helped me, guided me, and kept me on my feet when things got tough. The number of times you've watched me stress over needing to find a topic or looking for a last-minute guest is too many to count. But having your support and love at those crucial moments kept me going and pushed me to find a way out of the solution, out of the situation. Thank you, and I will never forget that. Christina and Anna, thank you for believing in me and in this show. Thank you for taking the time and the risk of coming in person every week over the last two seasons to be part of these important discussions. Tamar, you stepped in at the last minute for season six, and you made it one of the most memorable seasons to date. Thank you for your support on and off air. And Marshall, where do I even begin? I'm still trying to process the fact that I'm sitting across of you once again. You know, they say leaders aren't the first person to do something. Leaders are the first person to follow someone. You were the first person to reach out to me about being on the show, and you have changed the course of history. Without you having appeared on six full seasons of The Rabin Report and making guest appearances in the years thereafter, there would be no Rabin Report. We wouldn't all be sitting in this room together for one last time. I always say I may be the Rabin, but you all are the report. So... I am immensely grateful and thankful to you all for believing in me and believing in the vision I had for an open, honest dialogue on the issues that matter. Despite the many times people have tried to cancel us, we're still here and we're going out on our own terms. 
I would also like to thank all the past panelists of the Rabin Report, Daniel, Adam, Samuel, Amara, Jessica, Jordan, and Jerome. Thank you for being a part of this grassroots movement. And I can't forget to thank some guests that have appeared on the show multiple times, including Tanya and Zahavi, for not only appearing on the show four times each, but for your passion and support in helping to produce other episodes. Thank you. Lastly, to everyone that has watched our show, liked or commented on our posts, voted in our polls, or sent me messages expressing your love and enjoyment of the show, thank you. I didn't know what to expect when I started this journey, but seeing, hearing, and feeling your support over the last few years showed me that this show matters. That what I've been trying to do for the last five years matters. Politics is a very dirty game, and I wanted to show that it doesn't have to be. We can disagree on policy, but at the end of the day, we are all still human. Everyone should be free to state their opinion, and whether that opinion is globally appreciated or absolutely reprehensible, the only way that we can move forward and make a difference in this world is if we listen to each other and try to find common ground. Diversity of thought is incredibly important, and I hope that after this show comes to an end, people continue to remember that. Bringing it back, I want to say that in the midst of a pandemic, I succeeded in producing 21 episodes of The Rabin Report. That's 21 eye-opening discussions, all in person. I found the space, I bought the equipment, and I booked the panelists. I did that, and I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that I'm able to say that. I think that we all should learn to appreciate our talents and ourselves more than we do. The Rabin Report has been and will always be a major part of my life and my identity. And for that, I am eternally grateful. To end things, I've said it throughout my rant, but once again, thank you. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, that's that. But that was our show for this evening. Thank you to everyone that tuned in and that messaged us live. Uh, I want to start by thanking Tamar and Marshall for coming back and being a part of the show. It really means a lot that you came and joined us for this for this farewell episode. Well, thank you. It's, it's uh, a privilege to be here, and uh, thank you for your kind words earlier. It's... Um it's been crazy to be on uh, The Rabbit Report for 60 episodes and to see the raw talent that you had be molded and sculpted as the show went on and to see your confidence shine through that raw talent to come together in uh, just what was fantastic and in your production of the show. And I know you'll go on to do great things. And... You know, I've made so many great friends through this show. Uh, yourself, of course, and Adam and Daniel, and Christina and Anna and Tamar. Well, I think Tamar and I knew each other prior, but um, and you know, it's it's something I'll take with me for the rest of my life. And um, you know, be sure to tune in next week, not for a live show, but just to watch the old episodes, listen to them. I think that's mm -hmm. something that people are going to enjoy doing for a long time. 
Yeah. Tamar, thank you. Elliot, I'm so proud of you. I'm like uh, getting so teared up by what you just shared because I just, I'm, I'm thinking back to, I don't know, I'm trying to remember how we met, but I think it was like in the Hillel room at Ryerson, something like that, like mm-hmm. so many years ago, this shy, timid kid. And to see where you've come so far from that, to be this confident, um, you know, podcast host and doing so much more. And I'm honestly... I'm so inspired by you. And another thing is the fact that you got me and my little brother to agree on something like uh, we both like watching the show together is also a a, um, achievement. But I'm just you should be so proud of yourself for what you created um, and the discussions that you helped foster. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the show so many times and uh, for giving me a platform to share my ideas and for creating this community. You should be honestly, it's, it's something really to be proud of. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Christina and Anna. I mean, I feel like I could, we could dedicate a whole episode to saying thank you, Elliot. Um, you, you know, I know Ryerson, you, you've worked hard this entire time, but what I've seen the past two seasons of, of working with you and what happens behind the scenes is insanity. And, um, if only you guys could see the the setup right now, the cords and the lights and the cameras and all the equipment. It's it's crazy and it's it's a one man show. You know, you're running everything and I mean, um, uh, it's definitely not a one man show. No, I couldn't Anna do it and I just you. come and we we talk our shit and that's that's about that. But I mean, that's what keeps the show going. <laughs> but I appreciate the kind words and yeah, you you you're a hard worker and I and I don't think that that that'll go unnoticed. I think you'll have a lot of success in the future. Um, and thank you for creating this, this environment where people who, who otherwise would entirely disagree with each other and not listen to each other can come together and have a conversation. We, you know, you've brought together, um, people from opposite sides of the political spectrum and, and we've had civil discussions and, you know, you've changed my political view and I don't, not in a bad way. You've, you've, you've helped me to grow into who I am and, and, um, builds on my beliefs. And, you know, this is, this is a great opportunity. And I think that we should, we should appreciate the spaces that we're given to, to have these kinds of conversations, um, because there's a lot of people, you know, who who don't get to to speak about um, politics in the world that we live in. So we should we should really appreciate that. And thank you for creating the space and for doing what you do. Um, and all the fun we have after the show, all the all the that's jokes. what I'm going to miss the most. <laughs> I know. To be honest, we got all uh, the, we got the, some celebrating after the show. Yeah. Another surprise. Oh my off camera. God. Oh yes. <laughs> And well, I guess on the last one, um, Elliot, thank you for, yeah, actually you are thanking us for believing in you. I want to thank you for believing in me mm-hmm. because to be honest, I was so intimidated again by to, to join this podcast. And, and when you told me, wow, you are really smart debating and you know, you are very talented, your English is fine. That for me was like, wow you know like i didn't think of me that way and that motivated me and actually i was out of my comfort zone Mm. and i wouldn't have been doing this if it wasn't because you believe in me so thank you and christina i'm going to miss you a lot honestly i i the the love that i have like you know, Elliot, I've I've loved you forever. I've known you forever, but just the the this these the past couple seasons, the the love that I have for you, Anna, oh. I really I really do, and I'm. Going- 
want to cry, but I mean, um, you're just, you've become such a special part of my life, both of you, uh, seeing you on a weekly basis and, and the laughs that we have before and after the show and the, the stress and the group chat, it's, um, I'm going to miss all of it, but I am happy to say that this is like definitely not the last time I'm seeing any of you. Mm-hmm. So, yes. um, and I, I, you know, I, I think these are friendships that are going to last forever. Um, you know, I, I don't see, I, I, I couldn't live my life anymore without the two of you, Aww, you know, I'm saying, <laughs> So, you know, I, I just thank you, Anna, for for not being afraid to to say something that may be controversial or um, and, you know, I've said it a million times, but this idea that you have to be uh, a specific person just because you're a woman and because you're Latina, um, it's so nice to see somebody kind of go against that that stereotype or that expectation and you you push these boundaries that um we don't get to see very often which i think is very valuable and um i mean you're you're so well spoken i can't believe you ever doubted yourself because the you speak better than any of us in english you you're much more eloquent than i am yeah um i don't know a single you're super eloquent believe (laughs) me you are i don't know a single person who watches this show who hasn't told me that anna girl is so smart yeah you know everybody i've spoken to to is like she is so smart that's the first thing that they say (laughs) and i want to say that my grandmother loves you both so much and we love her more than me (laughs) and uh no she really does and she's so happy that that uh that you two are on the show she loved you tamar she loved you marshall um she still loves you um (laughs) but yeah i mean it's definitely definitely going to be a void um without having this show but once again for the last time that was our show for this week Thank you to everyone that tuned in, messaged us live. Um, thank you for tuning in over the years. And your support really means a lot. And again, I, I, I want to thank my current main panelists, Christina and Anna, season six panelists, Tamar, and seasons one through six panelist Marshall, for being on the show tonight. Until next time... I'm Elliot Rabin. Have a good night, everyone.